0: guys, welcome to Minefields. Hope you guys are taking good care of each other out there, taking care of yourselves. It's been a weird week, weird two weeks, all of a sudden the is <laughs> different. Um, the only thing I really wanted to talk too much about it was, I was thinking about that, uh, I've seen it quoted a lot of times, that uh, quote from uh, Men in Black 1, that a person is smart, oh, yeah. people are dumb, panicky, dangerous animals, and you know it. And that's kind of happening right now. Luckily I'm not... Um, yes. In an, air, in an area where it's hitting everyone really hard, um, my good buddy might have been exposed to it, and uh, I found that out on Tuesday, when the last time I hung out with him was the Wednesday before when we were watching AEW, and I couldn't risk getting my family sick or my uh coworkers at home, so I had to miss three days of work. Uh, he got the, uh, the test back... Um, Yesterday, yesterday morning, actually, that all's good. Uh, it was just, it was. Oh, good, uh, good. Yeah, all, all's good. So uh, there's that. It the was a. Thing I wanted to...
1: it, it was a scare because of a family member on his end, right?
0: Yep. And um. Uh huh. So that, How sh- like how's his... that person doing? Oh yeah, his it was his sister and uh and uh, I think brother-in-law. Like it's one of those things where like when he talks about his sister, I always kind of like. You know when you ask someone about what they do and they've got some really boring ass fucking job like analytics and something and you, you immediately yeah. your mind mm-hmm. your mind turns off. <laughs> Unfortunately, my brain yep. does that when he's talking about his sister. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the other thing yeah. I wanted to talk about was um I was because I was bringing it up. Hey, one introduce
1: one us, you dick big. Oh yeah, <laughs> silly yeah. butter. Are we? Oh,
0: <laughs> are we? Who uh, are you? You are my best friend. <laughs> you are my best friend, Colin. My name is Joshua Michael. There we go. Yeah, I, even, I even forgot to watch Bakari. <laughs> How the hell did I know? That happen? Yeah, it, it,
1: time time has absolutely gone like mystified me. A, I thought yesterday was Wednesday. Yesterday was Friday, um, right. and uh, and simultaneously, I forgot that anything would have happened on Thursday night. Anyways, so it was just kind of. I've fallen into my own pattern. And as long as I like I'm 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 distancing myself, obviously, but like for morale purposes, if I get out of my apartment and I drive someplace nice and I park like the weather has not been good. So I'll just park in my car uh, and sit there and type as long as I'm parked someplace where I've got a nice view. Like, there you go. And then when I'm done or if I got to pee, I got to figure that out because I'm clearly not going to go someplace and use the facilities. So, which, I, you know, I mean, you can. All you got to do is wash your hands after you go in, you do your business and then wash your hands again. It's not that big a deal. It's just then don't touch anything on the way out. But um, that's a low probability risk. But this week when it started getting sunny, I mean, it's beautiful out. There's, it's green. It's. The sky is crisp blue, big puffy clouds, puffy clouds, and it's like, and then I just go and I, I throw out a chair and I, I, the, I type in, in a park, in the middle of the park, and hopefully no one talks to me. Um, I don't know. What are you doing, man? How are you doing it?
0: You know, uh, I've just been in the basement pretty much, and, uh, and
1: <laughs> in my room. You guys have a basement?
0: Uh, yeah, big one. I didn't know that. And um I've just been reading and unfortunately I have been <clears throat> hopelessly addicted to watching Seinfeld reruns and I got to tell you I don't know <laughs> what the hell I was laughing at. I'm 37. I mean, I remember seeing these when they first came out. I remember it just being the funniest thing I ever saw. But I don't know what the hell I was laughing at. Like there there was like there's jokes in there that I just got today like when we talk about watching Ghostbusters like when we're in our uh, you know uh, adult Larva, uh, past larva phase when we saw it when he was a kid, and there was all these things that had no idea was happening. And, like, uh-huh. that, that George Costanza is the biggest piece of shit I've ever encountered. It is so difficult to watch. Oh, he's a show
1: terrible person, yeah. The, 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 Great character, the, the, wonderful the actor, terrible person.
0: Great. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Agreed. Um, that uh, Jerry and Elaine have to have every fucking STD there is because there's a new girlfriend in almost every other episode, and, or boyfriend, um, what else, that Newman is, yeah, they don't talk about
1: anything except using the sponge,
0: yeah, that Newman is truly evil, (laughs) I love the man so much, (laughs) so I've been trying to get out of that hole, um, but when it comes down to it, when it comes to, like, a, a, like, a writing retreat, like, or, like, places, like, because you're an outdoor person, uh, I can't, I don't like that. Um, oh, wait,
1: wait. <clears throat> it's not that I'm an outdoor person because allergies absolutely ruin me. But because mm-hmm. I just got a shot, right before all of this came down, I had a major allergy issue. I went to the doctor, they gave me a shot. I don't know if it was a steroid. This is the stupid thing. I told the lady, I was like, look, I want a steroid. I want an allergy shot. I want it. I want a steroid that's going to release and last for like three months. And she was, she was like, well, we're going to give you something that's going to knock it down. And I'm like, am I still on this? I have no idea. I could get ultra sick again next week if it wasn't what I want it to be, you know. But it, it's just so weird because when you don't have a regular doctor, you don't have any idea. I'm not saying I'm not an outside person, but I'm getting outside because it feels like the thing to do. And I'm not going to lie. I was really hoping people were going to like just. Hunker down and stay inside so that I could find some crazy parking lot to hang out in or some strange, <laughs> like, smoking area outside of a building and nobody's there. And I'm like, This is my place now. I'm gonna come up yeah. here. I'm gonna hang out on this tile. I'm gonna bring my own chair. I'm not gonna touch anything. You know, that's the thing. I'm not sitting on park benches. I'm bringing my own chair. Today I brought a camping chair that's just like an L shape. And it sits on the ground and I threw down a furniture blanket and I had a picnic. What you're not, you're not going anywhere to do anything like that though?
0: No ah. uh, I'm, not, I'm not taking any unnecessary uh, any unnecessary I guess you live um, with
1: people. that's what's important, yeah.
0: Right. but even then like I work at a, a really big like call center and mm-hmm. uh, I mean like that that's recycled air. I mean like they're doing their best. they're sending everyone to work from home. Uh, but when I do decide to go out, uh, there is an amazing place here in Colorado Springs called uh, Poor Richards. It's like a uh, uh, it's like a row house, a row building uh-huh. that e- each each bottom floor is connected. I'm sure the tops are connected in some way as well. But if you're all the way at the far left, you're staring at it, walking the far left entryway it's a it's a It's a gourmet pizza place, and they make good salads and then uh, they've got a playroom for kids in the back, and then you go to the next room. And it's a it's a toy store, but it's the oh, type cool. of toy store. It's a toy store that, that that would have that doesn't have Legos. They have Playmobil, but they also have Slinkies and <laughs> and, and science toys. It, mm-hmm. it is a, it, like it, it would be something that I'm sure that you'd find a million different things for your kid uh, that you'd want to play with because there's like you can buy agar there, like you know what I'm saying?
1: No, I don't know what that is. What is agar?
0: Agar agar is that stuff you put in petri dishes that you grow mold on
1: gross
0: yeah it's uh that's what it, the world looks, needs
1: more mold it's
0: just, it's just like a gelatin that is highly susceptible to uh encourage spores molds and fungus to grow i mean if you if, <laughs> if, you, if you ever see those little petri dishes with shit growing on it that's uh-huh. agar and uh like uh you, you can like i did it as a science experiment it wasn't really a science experiment i just had fun with it and i took like uh, my dad got me a bunch of petri dishes and a bunch of agar and uh, I got a bunch of Q-tips and just found gross, dirty things in the house to wipe it on and put it on the agar. And I had, this is from the toilet. This is from the dog's mouth. Um, this Sick. is from behind the refrigerator. Yeah, it was really cool. And, uh, and then the next room over is a coffee shop that uh, the ethos there is you go up, you pay like $1.50 for your, for, your, for your cup. And there's refil- refillable tea and uh, different types of coffee and big areas for you to sit down. There's multiple places for you to plug your laptop, laptop into. There's a big wall of free books that you can just take. Oh, uh, neat. And, 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 and um, really eccentric greeting cards. And then the, the very next room over is an expensive-ass bookstore that has... Um, <laughs> I've, I've gotten some great books there. Uh, they've got a great occult section. Um, great poetry section. They're... Their staff picks isn't just like the, the cool guy that watches all the indie films and knows what books to put on there. They've got a lot of good eccentric stuff that's worth checking out. Um, but the ethos there is you go pay your $1.50 or like oh, it's almost two bucks for your cup and they leave you the fuck alone. There are no waitresses walking around this place asking, are you doing okay? Do you need anything? You know, like, you know, like if you're staying too long at like an IHOP or something like that and you know that the waitress is just I mean, granted, it, you know, they should, um, they're trying to get you out, you know, from plugging the diners cause they're, you know, people are waiting or you're only buying $2 worth of coffee and they're not making any money off of you, but that's not how sure. it works. It's, a complete, op- it's a complete opposite there. They leave you alone. Great wifi, uh, great wine selection. Um, you can order from any of the other rooms that serve food. Um, and they do like music at night and, just make sure you bring us... It's called Pool Richards. I actually did a, It was one of the first stories I did uh, when I was working for the uh, Independent here, uh, which is like the the free rag that every major city has. Uh-huh. Yep. Sat down with the owner, and he actually recognizes me when he sees me. It's, it's still kind of cool. It was like six years ago. But that's, that's my preferential place to go. They've got a clean bathroom, and um, they don't bother you if you're sitting there for literally six hours just like... Hamming away at your laptop like a madman, working on a script or something like
1: that. Dude, I wish I could work for that long at a time, man. I uh, I'll sit down and I'll start typing, and then I got to get up and do something, and I don't know. I keep thinking about it. When I wrote this, this is I, I had a I had a moment today where I was catching somebody up on what I've been doing, and I'm like, dude, I'm rewriting a book I wrote almost. I wrote it 18 years ago. I cannot believe how long ago that is. And
0: does it make, does it make you feel self-conscious as a writer?
1: Uh, no, it makes me feel like I had other things going on. Like I had other priorities and stuff like that. And I cannot believe how much of my life I've spent, uh, agonizing over whether or not I was getting any work done. I've, I've worked on other projects and like, it's weird because I had some of the stuff I've worked on, like I've. I don't know if uh, I like I've transferred transferred. I don't know that the right word is here. Um, I've taken existing properties and written them into shootable feature scripts or television series. And then I've worked on other stuff and I don't know. I mean, like I have some published work out there. It's just stuff that I wrote for some magazines and everything. But I, um, this isn't the same thing. I mean, this is a in, this is a, you know, a narrative novel and it, the self-conscious aspect is when I reread anything that I wrote, which was what I was doing today. I was I got to a point in what I was writing where I was like, "Okay, I've got to start writing something in this other time period or I need to rewrite the beginning of the book to to make it make sense for this." Cuz like it's a full rewrite. I'm not just sitting here trying to alter something I wrote. It's a completely—it's the same thing rewritten in the style that I've developed in the last 18 years. So I don't feel well, I self-conscious about the way I'm writing. I like what I'm writing. I like how I'm writing it. But uh, I
0: dig—I th- dig that because it's not a patch job. It's just like when you work on a roof; you can't. Would have been a patch way job. harder. Yeah, you, you can't do a patch job on a roof because you, you're going to start skipping back and forth. You're going to lose your uh, cohesion. You're going to lose uh, a flow style. I mean, if you really dig into it and you're doing full rewrite, then you're really you're really ankles deep in it then.
1: Well, that's what, that's what I've been doing. This, oh, this is, I, I'm just – if there's anything I can – I'm not upset about it, but I, I do feel a slight embarrassment because I started this rewrite in 2017. I got really busy with it. When I in between jobs, uh, working in in the late summer before a movie started, I cannot work. I cannot type while there's a movie going. I can't do it. It sucks up every iota of your time, and so uh, <clears throat> I get into a habit where it's like, okay, hey, I gotta refamiliarize myself with the material. And so I did that. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to start over from the beginning. And that's what I did. Then I got pulled in on that movie. When I was done with that movie, I was exhausted and I was questioning everything about my career. It was such a rough show. And then, um, and then I was just like, okay, the only way I'm going to be able to deal with that is if I keep working. So I worked on like two or three really cheap projects and kind of came in on the all right, I'm here to save your ass budget and then um and then I worked on it again off and on, so it's like I might get a week or two's worth out work of work a week or two's worth of work out of it sometimes before something shows up, and no, this is all your time now, like whatever you were doing, stop it, you're paying attention to this project now, and then of course, I had a girlfriend for a year in twenty eighteen. So I'm going to say I didn't get anything done on it back then because I had somebody texting me and phoning me constantly. So right now, this is the time to get it done. If, if this We're not under quarantine. We're under social distancing. We're not on a lockdown, you know? Correct. My, Correct. my pattern is that I need to get up, go, you know, I got, I got to wake up, have my coffee, make sure the allergies are under control, get personally cleaned up and get out of the house. And if I'm out of the house by 10 a.m., I'll get some serious work done before lunch. If I leave after lunch, which is okay, then I might get two or three really good hours out of it. And what I really liked was going to coffee shops because I lived in this college town and I would watch all of these frat guys and sorority girls who are supposed to be studying and like doing projects together and they're all just standing there flirting and something about judging them for not doing their work and me imagining them judging me for not doing my work made me work harder. And that, that went, that goes a long way. And now it's all up to me because it's like, okay, I have to get out of here and I got to go. Cause if I stay home, I will screw around with the Wi-Fi. I'll watch another 10-minute video on YouTube. I'll listen to another 8-minute video. No, you got to get your mind right. Like, I, got, I have a soundtrack for this. It's just pieces of other music. It's not like I scored it or anything. I'm just saying I've got music i got to be listening to for a while before I can get out of the house and get on it. And uh, that's got to get me in the headspace. But, well, you know...
0: I wanna get back yeah, to your writing, uh your your frustration in your writing because uh one thing I uh I know that you've had uh problems with sorry guys, my sinuses are just kinda crazy right now. <coughs> uh and I've been up since like three in the morning.
1: <laughs> oh dude, why?
0: Dude, I just woke up at three. Oh,
1: okay. <laughs> that was it. We'll but, just skip um, over that story. Is the, the okay. problem
0: that I find a, a lot of a lot of writers have is that they will write something, and then they'll reread it, and they'll think, no. oh shit, I got that idea that's that's too similar to this one thing I really like, or something... I have
1: given did. up on that. I'm not worried about or, that.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's what, that's what I'm getting at. Or, or the other thing is that you write something really thick, dense, you're ready for it, and then you, you sit on it for a while, and then after X amount of time passes, you see other people doing things very similar to certain aspects of your of your story yeah i'm also worried
1: about that dude like okay i'm really i know exactly what you're saying and you and i have talked about this i have also given up on that two things have happened to me i've gotten older and i've read more and more and more and even in one of the books this this that i read this week i was like oh my god that's so awesome that's a lot like my character right there And then, like, this new, what is it, Vin Diesel bloodshot, I'm looking at that, and I'm like, ah, that's, like, my character. Oh, my God. Like, every time I turn around, because when I was writing this thing initially, oh, cool, you're writing a book. What are you writing it about? Well, it's like this and like that. Oh, that sounds like this. Oh, that sounds like that. Well, I've never read that. It can always
0: sound like that. Like, like, okay, so... We're doing some space marine stuff. Oh, that's obviously Star Trek troopers. Fuck you! You don't even listen to me. Like, th- yeah, th- yeah. There's, there's certain things that like uh, are are are, are going to be standard tropes now because where do we want to go now? We want to go to space, of course. Dude, yeah, be some, we want. Yeah, you and
1: I want to be in space. I'd rather be in space.
0: No, well, not just you and I, but like that's going to be the natural progression if the human race actually is able to survive past our own uh, uh, lack of self preservation. Is that the natural there's too many of us we got to find another planet to colonize but in order to do that we have to have colonization uh, colonizers we have to have tests being done we have to have space cops um we have to have scientists out there testing for every little thing yeah we might like uh, like 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 okay so the idea of just flying into space and going to mars um okay that sounds rational but then you hear bill nye talk about it and he's like you don't understand like we need some sort of gravitational device in the ship alone because the, the, the time from point A to point Mars is going to have such a a, a a profound effect on our on our actual physical, physiologically. I can't say words today. Physi-
1: physiology.
0: Physiology, the lack of gravity, that it's going gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna to do things to our bones. We've got to know that mm-hmm, sort of ship mm-hmm. before we can get there. Well, that's but why if, we
1: send like awesome guys out into space... We have We just had the twins. You got a guy that's living on Earth and it has one physiology that's virtually identical to his brother who was in space and they spent as much time as possible. And then they come back and they're like, okay, well, let's look at the difference between this guy and that guy and what it did to them. You know, And it's like, well, that guy's a little taller now because he, his bones stretched out because he doesn't have uh, right. gravity on him all the time and whatever. No, you're completely correct. Uh, Neil deGrasse right, Tyson's right. Uh, another if, guy to it, go to for that stuff, by the way.
0: His um, his older his newer stuff is exhaustive. His older stuff <coughs> I would pay more attention to the older stuff. The guy's really kind of full of himself. Uh, it's not like he's getting to him there.
1: All. Yeah, he's he's been he, he, he's he, been way too popularized.
0: Yeah, uh, just a, that doesn't even matter. Uh, the, the reason I bring it up is because okay, so we have a story where we're going to point A to point B, and mm-hmm. we have these dudes and these dudes. Well, you've got space cops. That's just like this story. That's just like this story. Or, or you've got these scientists studying this. That's just like this story. Leave me alone, dude. I there's
1: know. I gave out. up. I'm not worried there's about a million that. Million
0: movies. There, yeah, I, no, but that's I'm what I'm not... trying. I know. I know you're not. But I know that there's a lot of our listeners are listening to our our podcast me... because we we go that in depth on these type of stories. I, I would hate for someone to listen to our podcast and be like, "Crap, that was the comic I just slaved over all week." Like, dude, don't worry about it. It's your different story. Put it out there. Let me tell you, know the reason why this she, like, gets me... Blatantly ripped it off. I spent
1: I spent several hours in a truck with a 23-year-old girl uh, two years ago, driving back from a job. Like, I tried to hire one guy. Uh, it's a whole thing. I tried to hire somebody. They couldn't come along. And I was like, who's going to blah, blah, blah. So I, he's, he's a relatively a newcomer, a relative newcomer to the work. And like, okay, we're going to, you know, this, per- this person that really wants to get involved. We go there. It's great. We do the job. On the way back, she's like, hey, listen to the Hamilton soundtrack. I'm like, this is badass. I really liked it. Now I really want to see that. And then she was, she we're talking about stuff after the, that's over. And she's like, what about, what about you? What are you into? What are you doing right now? And I'm like, I'm working on this book. And I tell her about my book. And she gasped. In all the places where she was supposed to gasp, and she laughed at all the stuff that she was supposed to laugh at. She was excited about the things that she was supposed to be excited about, and she was sad about the things that, oh, you know, these different noises people make to depict their emotions. Dude, whether my writing is good or not, the story is still there. Whether the story is good or not, the writing is still there. Whatever you're doing, I just want everybody to understand. Whatever you're doing, whether it's your idea or somebody comes along with a similar idea that has that's putting it out there and making it popular culture, it's going to be new to someone. You know, the diary of Anne Frank, the first time you hear about it, you're like, oh, my God, blah, blah, blah. Well, nobody can write that now. Right. But like, right. It's new to fourth and fifth graders every single school year. You know, Correct. so and I know I don't point. know if that's the best that's example, but if no, no, but if you're no, going to no. sit there and you're going to rewrite your that's own, the, that's the best yeah, that's what I'm saying. If you're going to sit there and rewrite your own Star Trek, well, then it's new to somebody every time they pick it up, and maybe they're going to pick up your Harry Potter before they pick up J.K. Rowling's Harry Potter, and at a certain point, do you have to worry about whether or not critics are going to come down on you, like? You're gonna have to be massively doing something crazy, like, I mean, even even the Twilight, not the yeah Twilight. What uh, even? Uh, I can't remember which way it goes. Fifty Shades of Gray, if I'm not mistaken, is like is like supposed to be a slash story of Twilight, or is it Twilight is a slash story of Fifty Shades?
0: Okay, I can handle this. I can handle this. That's okay, what I'm so saying. Is that it's new backwards. to somebody? If, if we're well, well, well let, let me handle this one since you asked. Yeah. If you're going backwards, it's Fifty Shades of Grey, which was originally <laughs> fan fiction, uh, BDSM uh, fan fiction of Twilight, and they replaced all the vampires with this rich dude and who isn't a vampire with this really coy little little girl. Uh huh. Now, if you want to rewind even further uh it's also a complete rip off of Anne Rice's Sleeping Beauty series um which was published in the late 80s if i'm not mistaken there's three books and uh she published them under a pseudonym where it was hardcore it was hardcore bdsm and um it's just everything they did in in, in 50 shades of gray was just watered down versions of that except without sleeping beauty and um but even then how, who who are we to judge? Even though we do shit on things every now and then when we get really passionate. There's people that read Fifty Shades of Grey and it just enlightens the living shit out of them, like it like it it really changes their life. Or the or the people that read Twilight and it changes their life too. Even though it's the most base, boring literature, if you would even want to call it literature, um, but it makes sense. Twilight is, like, the exact epitome of a, of a a girl that was born in the, uh, I want to say, mid-80s, maybe early 90s, mm-hmm. of a guy who is a perfect specimen of a man that doesn't fuck up, doesn't cheat on her. It just happens to be a vampire. Why the hell not? It's, it's, it's going to ring a lot of bells. And just because you're not reading, uh, you know, 4,000-level Walt Whitman... <laughs> Uh, doesn't mean that it doesn't make a similar impact. Like, when we argue... uh, Like, when you and I have argued about when our girlfriends got mad at us. And I'm like, I can't get mad at her for feeling that way because that's how she feels. I didn't mean it like that. I didn't say anything hateful. But she took it that way. And I'm dealing with a situation where there's a mess that that I accidentally created. But that is how she feels. And what... What they feel is what matters because that's what they feel. That's what affects them. That's what they keeps them up. Like yeah, yeah. prevents yeah, them prevents you go. them prevents them from eating. Uh, the, on the brink of crying all the time or angry. It doesn't really matter. That's what a person feels. Whether or not something that was Da Vinci level or Michelangelo or, uh, I get or uh, Edison level like <clears throat> intentions. Oh, please, too, Tesla, please. Yeah. Or yeah. Exactly. Uh, but it. It still got them to a place where it's it's affecting them, and so if your you wrote if your work that's gets similar, people
1: to a place, then you've done your job. It doesn't matter if you are using the same things that you've heard a million times. Like,
0: Colin, thank I mean, you.
1: there's thank there's you. there are things in this rewrite that I'm writing feels way too similar to other stuff, and so many things. Look, I had, I had damn near 20 years to get this out there in the world. And, like, I started a career. I had a kid. I uh, started another career. And I have had so much time to work on this between movie and TV and commercial jobs and not done it in favor of something else. I dicked around with Legos. I dated around too much. I drank too much. I, uh, whatever. I mean, yeah. There's plenty of places and things that I could have been working on this then. And now I look at some of the other popular properties that have come out that had money behind them and have really good performers and that are part of the po- sub social consciousness. And I'm not worried about it, you know. If, I've already I've already heard it. Oh, that's like Watchmen. I'm like, yeah. Well, what can I do? You know, I had this idea 20 years ago. And if somebody's going to come down on me, I'm going to be like, talk to my college buddies. They were all there when I was writing this book. Instead of going to the bar with them and that, you know, or whatever. It's what it is, so guys. If you're working on something, just get it. Just do it. Just keep doing it until you're done. It doesn't have to be awesome. The worst thing you can do is not finish it. Or you can write the the beginning and hate it and go back and rewrite the beginning and hate it and keep rewriting the same chapter or the same paragraph over and over and over again to try to get it done right. Just get the content done. Get from point A to point Z, whether it's awesome or not. When you get an editor who can clean it up, when you get enough people to read this thing and they tell you legitimately, take their notes seriously and just see what happens. Okay? If they're not, no. if, they're, if, if somebody else has to come in and rewrite it, you can do it. That's the same thing with scripts. I mean, everybody comes at me and they're like, what do you think about this script? And I'm like, well, there are some major issues. But, hey, you've got money behind it, so I guess that's what we're filming.
0: Now, I'm glad you brought that up. I have a few appendages to this uh, appendices or whatever. Appendices. I can't see words today. Appendices. I can't see words today, man. Uh, number one, uh, bullet point wise, I want to listen to this intro to this podcast every single time before I even we even start doing this because this is exactly why we do minefields. Uh, there's there's been a lot of times. Where I have said some rather harsh things, and Colin, you're always you're always uh, the 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 soft hand, and I'm always the one that gets really pissed off when I read something that sucks so bad. Um, where I need to dial it down a bit. Um, also, uh, realize that this book might reach someone that I have no access to, or know that they exist, and this is the perfect book for them. Uh, oh yeah. So to, also to uh, as a writer as a writer it'll constantly want to make me stay hungry uh, Second point kind of out of left field uh, at, if you're listening to this you're probably a writer or, or enjoy good good reading good literature art um, if you if you're a writer uh take if, the, the best place to start one of my best pieces of advice I ever got was listening to Chuck Palahniuk, who wrote Fight Club Obviously, you know who he is if you're listening to this because we reference it. All the time. <laughs> we talk about it uh, all the time. Yeah, he, he mentions um, that always stay hungry and but most importantly, always go to writer workshops. Uh, whether or oh, not you man. get anything, yeah. whether <clears throat> or not you get anything out of them, it'll still better your writing. Uh, whether or not you hate the first thing you did, I mean, like, come on, like, like, if, if in order to do be good at something, you got to suck it first. You're not gonna. Be, you're not going to be, a, like, an expert quarterback the first time you throw a football. You're going to suck. Um, build it up. You might cringe if you reread your first book, but your fourth book, holy shit. I mean, like, yeah, even, like, a, on, a, on a musical sense, like, you might not like the Deftones Adrenaline that much, w- which I love, but then you, you get to the second one, Around the Fur, and then you get the third one, The White Pony, and you're like, holy shit. Um. Th- th- this is it. It just keeps getting better and better. But in order to get to the white pony, you got to start at an adrenaline. And yeah, uh, I mean, think
1: that's a good. That's I like that point. That's a really really good point. Like, I can I, I wasn't super hot on the on like Pablo Honey didn't do anything for me. But the Bends rocked my ass, and then an OK Computer. I mean, these Radiohead albums, and then. And then they've tapered off. They're not my thing anymore. You know, I'm in a different place in my life Or you go back and think about they might be giants and how long they've been making albums and what their albums were like for you when you were in junior high and then you're an adult and you do you still love it? Are they writing music for adults or do they realize that their audience is a vast, you know, a mental awareness of different age groups and generations? For that matter, I mean Stone Temple Pilots. Oh my god, I watched the Stone Temple Pilots uh, th- show from 2010. Oh god, it was amazing. And it was like thinking about those albums. Look, yeah, not everything's gonna hit. Not everything's gonna hit the way you want it to, but like it's gonna blow up in this in this market or another. But it's still out I mean, there, we do need to progress. We do need to progress, but like, um
0: what's <laughs> what's
1: one book you particularly like about this about the craft of writing that you would suggest anybody reads
0: oh that is a uh, great question i can uh, i love it when you ask me a question i can actually answer um <laughs> there is the the last chuck polonic book tr- uh consider this moments in my writing life after um blah blah, blah. it's one of those long ass titles uh just came out Dude, it's like 15 bucks that. on it's like 15 bucks on, on okay um, on on your Kindle, uh, I prefer to have it like I got it right away on my Kindle because I just wanted it right away because I'm not allowed to like pre rent stuff at the library anymore because I owed them some money. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, I got that taken care of, but I can't rent things online anymore. But um, uh, oh, get wow. that book. Get get that. Book. That's cool. And, and if you don't want to spend the money on that book, just look up Chuck Palahniuk writing uh, writing courses on uh, on YouTube. He has all these different videos of how to like take an idea and expound upon it, or destroy it, um, or 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 listen or how to listen to your peers better. That that wasn't that was a big nice thing for
1: me. yeah. That, that was a, that, that's that what was I'm a, talking about. Like we're talking about people coming down on it. They they don't even know they're doing it. It's like oh I'm I'm having an allergy problem. Well, have you taken anything for it? Fuck off. What do you think is the first thing that I... No, I just put on a Band-Aid.
0: I sat here and No, I just got a glass
1: of water. Like, (laughs) what do you think I'm doing? You know, when somebody comes at you and they're like, oh, that sounds like Star Wars, or oh, that sounds like... Lord of the Rings or something. Well, all right. I've never read those. Yeah, I've seen the movies. No, I didn't get all the subtleties of The Silmarillion because I have not read it. That sounds – people are always giving me crap saying – well, they weren't giving me crap but because they, they don't even know they're doing it. You get some asshole at a Denny's at 2 in the morning who's smoking cigarettes and drinking coffee who's going to hit <laughs> you with their pissy life and they're yep. like – they're the ones who are like, well, that sounds like Ender's Game. It's like, yeah, maybe it does. I don't know. I don't know. I saw the movie and I really liked it, Uh, but that's not what I was going for.
0: You're gonna see it on their face, though. You're gonna see it on their face. Exactly. And they're like, "How's your podcast going?" Uh, Very well. Hey, it's great because
1: we're still generating content. Whether we're making money doing it or not, whether we're pushing merch (laughs) or not, people are paying attention. You know, all I could ask is that people write in and tell us what you think. Guys, if you have a book, if you have a show about writing that you w- wish that the rest of the world knew about, let us know and we will talk about it. We will get this thing and we will we will push it. We will We will talk about that. My favorite book about writing is Stephen King's On Writing. I mean, autobiographical to a certain degree and then talking about the craft of writing. And man, I'll tell you what, I mean... There are two or three things that stand out from that that I will never that that like I will never be inconsiderate of because they they persist in every avenue of my life. No matter what you're doing, no matter what the task is, bring your entire toolbox. And in that in that he was talking about your mental toolbox. What do you have that you need to bring to this that makes it uniquely your own. Like, do you have, are you good at dialogue? That's in your toolbox. Are you good at exposition? Are you good at description? Uh, yeah, that's your toolbox. Bring every tool you have so that you've always got that with you now if you're gonna and then like he said it literally you know like he had an uncle it was like well we're gonna go and we're gonna do this and we're gonna pop a couple of screws and what well why are we bringing the entire toolbox because as soon as we get over there we're gonna realize we need something else and then we're gonna be going back and forth over and over back to the garage to get the tools when we could have just brought the entire toolbox and get the thing knocked out it's it's a mentality it is a way of life to bring your entire toolbox to everything you do, every job you do, every situation you're in. From picking up the kids, to going shopping, to delivering a, delivering a report at work. Bring your entire toolbox every time you do it. And that's, that's just a metaphor. I'm just saying, like, guys, that's a great book right there. Also, I really adhere to Blake Snyder, God Rest His Soul, uh, his book, Save the Cat. And his book, Save the Cat Strikes Back, books about writing scripts, both of them. And it's not so much that I absolutely adhere to the, to the entire principles of it, but the concept of do not get in the car and drive aimlessly when you're writing. If you don't know where you're going, if you don't have an outline, if you don't have a concept and you don't have story arcs for your characters for real development, then you're not going to have as much of a good time and your editing process is going to be a nightmare. And if you're, if you're doing, if you're not doing those things and you're not hitting the emotional resonance points that satisfy the audience, then you're not going to be hitting all the points. It's just not going to work as well. So you, you, you know, come to the table and do it this way first and then when you've met with some success, you can get experimental. You know, you can you can do what like the first couple of Smashing Pumpkins albums, and then you can come back, and Billy Corgan can say, "We're going to do this big theater thing," and then your yeah, bandmates can say, can say, "Can uh, say no, we're not. We just want to rock," and then they can bone you. You know, but like when that's you're writing, was.
0: that's dude, how the white pony was. That's how the white pony was. Like Chino said, "I want to play guitar. I want to play guitar, and I want to do some down tempo stuff. I don't just want like." Would- like, we were talking about GNR. Be a sonic. Well, we we're yeah, talking about Guns N' yeah, Roses. You, you, you,
1: like, yeah, hey, ch- I'm Axel, and I think that uh, we should try uh, an industrial album. Uh, Slash, and those guys are just like, dude, we're a, we're a metal okay, band. That's, like,
0: dude, that's come a, on, that's a different thing. That's different because he was obsessed with Nine Inch Nails, and even hired Robin Fink, who was playing guitar for Nine Inch Nails. That's different. That's completely all different. all right. Uh, that, 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 that's hey, just hey! A the, bit of, a the music, the music
1: world was going that direction. It, little we, little they, needed to, they needed to check out a little electronica. I mean, the, that's that was the '90s.
0: But uh, Does, the last thing I want to add to this is because the second book I'd like to add to this. Uh, book,
1: Forty minutes uh, look, in, here we are. This, <laughs> Go for this, it. <laughs>
0: this book list of of um, books to inspire as a writer is Super Gods by Grant Morrison. Oh my god, yes. Oh my god, I've read it four times. The one thing that stood out to me was something that is so absolutely asinine that most people would like gl- uh, glance over. So he's writing this book about the history of comic books uh, from the beginning uh, to now, or it was 2012 when it came out.
1: Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But
0: it's it's semi-autobiographical, semi-autobi- uh, like the book you were talking about uh, with Stephen King. Um hmm He's talking about the exodus of all the best artists that Marvel has almost ever had: Mark Silvestri, Will Pertasio, Todd McFarlane, Jim Lee, uh, to a lesser extent, uh, Rob Liefeld. Um, <laughs> now, you guys, you, you guys know the list. Um, but it was it was kind of Todd's baby uh, that because he was he was offended about how he was being treated as a businessman. Not being a greedy asshole, because Grant Morrison's an asshole himself, and we'll lay it down that these guys are assholes if they're being assholes. He didn't do that, so it was it was really refreshing because I've always heard back and forth things about Todd, uh the Todd father. But um he was like telling Lyfield we need we need Jim Lee. Why? Because he's if we get him, we're in. Like that's that that's that's the uh, uh, what do they say in Home Alone? That's the uh, that's the uh, the the silver whatever you call the it. The wet bandits. Yeah the, yeah, the 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 silver donut. Uh, Jim Lee was the silver <laughs> donut, and the brass and Jim ring. Lee, Jim Lee was born uh, on August 11th, I think, like 1968 or something like that. He's an orphan uh, and and Korean, but uh, I was born on August 11th, and him and I have like I don't buy too much into like the the star charts and that sort of stuff too much but it definitely resonates uh when you hear the same type of things like uh joe rogan was born on the same day as me august 11th but jim lee was too loyal to marvel they were his they weren't just his his uh his purse his piggy bank he was loyal and he he told them no no i'm not doing it like like i'm, I'm staying here these guys have been good to me and then the the kicker and and i, I hope this resonates with a uh, anyone that's listening, is that he was... They, they kept pushing it on him, and he was headed to New York, to Sotheby's, to watch the auctioning of all the artwork for X-Men number one. You know that... Ooh, that okay, that, yeah, you, yeah, You know that, that six... Oh, the gatefold that six, cover that was that everywhere? Giant, yeah, that you can still mm-hmm. find for a dollar. I liberate it every time I find it. Um, to watch the artwork that he drew that he wasn't getting the money for. And he just wanted to go. And uh Marvel refused to pay for a plane ticket for his wife. Yeah, and it, yeah. it was that was the kicker. It, he of course he had the money to to pay for the plane ticket for his wife. It, like he, he he he'd already done X-Men number 1. He was he was he was in the millions. Um not just not just the print run. Millions he, he was already a millionaire. And Marvel refused to pay for, for a ticket to, for him to bring his wife. And that is when he approached Todd. And so the, yeah. that's when, because <clears throat> the start they, image. Disres, they disrespected him. They disrespected him and said, I'm in. I'm in. Watch the, uh, watch the, uh, the, the, the YouTube videos of Stan Lee's uh, comic book heroes, where he's got Todd McFarlane and Jim Lee and Will Spertasio and uh, Rob Liefeld uh Show how to make marvel characters, and they 're giggling the whole fucking time they're like and, and they 're giggling the whole time because these guys had the gravitas. these guys threw down the content they stayed up late. these guys had four hours of sleep for the past two days to make to to make a deadline and get their content out, even if they weren't as happy with it as they wanted it to be, but they had to get it out, and sure, some of it was kind of derivative of some stuff that happened that Claremont did uh obviously or things that happened in the 60s or things that was happening in Malibu comics at the time and but they still got their content out and they're they're in these videos knowing full well they're about to leave Marvel and they're giggling like like assholes like there's one specific one which uh, there's a one with Todd and he's sitting there with Wanda his wife holding little Cyan who is uh, obviously a main character in Spawn uh, but behind him is a, a giant uh, f- uh, picture of Spawn in a Marvel co- in a Marvel Comics VHS. And he's like, oh, who's this guy? And he kind of giggles about it. Like, kind of, don't worry about it. <laughs> don't worry about that. And uh, he shows off his wife. And then they do another video where it's Slyfield and McFarlane. And uh, Stan's like, we're going to create a new exciting Marvel character right now. And we're going to draw it right here. And... Uh, Todd's like, "Hey, make it like this," because Lyfield's drawing it, and they're laughing and giggling the whole time. And they draw Overkill from issue five, or it was maybe six of Spawn, uh, which they'd already planned out. <laughs> that they, they were drawing image characters in Marvel because they'd already been disrespected, and they had their they had done the work just like you've done, and they they were tired of worrying about it, even though they obviously millionaires. Mm. But that's that's beside the point. That's that's you get what I'm. Why are you even putting this out there? Or, or, or did you just um, let me off my leash? I, for a I bit? don't
1: know how it pertains to what we were talking about, but it is uh,
0: still of relevance. You, um, you definitely let me off my leash, and I really appreciate that, man. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> the leash, dude. Like i get mm. passionate about that stuff, man. But like, if someone, if if I'm trying to get my artwork out there my writing, and then someone disrespected my wife, oh, <laughs> we've got a problem. Oh yeah, for real. We got a problem. But uh, yeah, uh, do you have anything to wrap this up or did I just like exhaust the living dog shit out of you? No, not at all. Uh, hey, let's take a break. It's Hey guys, we're back.
1: Yeah, we need, uh, took a here. second there. And uh, honestly, we were debating a couple of things about that. Was that going to be all its own thing? But we decided we were we we're really fascinated by the merits of what we read this week uh, by way of... Its valuation in in terms of its writing quality, which isn't to say that we don't really appreciate the artwork, and we were very good about making a point about that. But uh, does that sound about right, or was that no it, it,
0: it makes perfect so, it, it, perfect sense because there's some things that are so base and trivial and derivative that I just enjoy the living shit out of. And then, uh, sometimes it works, <coughs> yeah. And then there's sometimes that something came off really intellectual and did uh, an amazing job and just blew me away from the second I looked at it. Because one of the things about comic books is, you know, you can't judge a book by its cover, but most of the time with comic books, you can't. Unless you're reading a Marvel book and they show you a Terry Dotson, like, beautiful, like, layout. It's gorgeous. And you open it and it's some an F-lister and you, you're a little bit bamboozled. But yeah, they might have a great story inside of it and the And F. Lister artist did his damn best, and he still pulled it off. So you never know.
1: Uh, Let me double check something there because, oh nope, that is not.
0: All right, now while you're it's Adam Hughes. Adam Hughes. It's an Adam Hughes
1: cover. I'm looking at an Adam Hughes cover. That's what. Which sometimes has a drastic similarity to Terry and Rachel Dodson. Okay, Adam, carry on, Adam, carry on. Adam,
0: Adam Hughes or Andy Kubert? Or...
1: No, Adam Hughes in particular.
0: Okay, all right, all right. Just making sure we got the Andys right. Um, yeah, the, the comics we want to talk about, we might not get to all of them. Uh, Nebula number two, Kylo Ren number four, Marvel Snapshot number four based on Namor, Rom number one, Dire Race from IDW. Jessica Jones, number four and five. X-Men, number eight. Cable, number one. Uh, but, yeah. Which one do you want to talk about first, man? Uh, let me
1: start with... Uh, let me start with... Uh, wait, did I? Did you say Gwen Stacy? I got Gwen Stacy, number two. Oh,
0: uh, oop, yeah. Gwen Stacy, number two. That's one that I did not write down. Gwen Stacy. Okay,
1: I'm going to go through this one pretty quick, everybody. Gwen Stacy, number two. It's Christos Gage book, writer. Todd Nanook, artist. Uh... I feel like the first issue was a little bit better on that, but this one is still good. Uh, Rochelle Rosenberg, awesome, awesome work coloring. VCs, Joe Caramagna, lettering, and like I said, it's an Adam Hughes cover. There are all very, there are all loads of variant artists on this, and for for variant covers, and I'm just like guys, I don't know why, if if you're, if we're still doing variant covers like what, dealer incentives, or you bought 25 issues, so you get a variant cover to, to upsell another dollar or $10. Like, I just don't see the point in doing variant covers unless uh, it's a major event book anymore. We're just, that's not the market we're in right now. Yeah. But um,
0: no, it's not the I will say, anymore. this
1: is a luscious, luscious Adam Hughes cover. Um And then I didn't realize it, but, like, there's a recap page in here that's the credits page, and uh, uh, Ji-Hung Lee did the art in that, just a beautiful picture of Gwen Stacy. Um, It's kind of fascinating because Gwen's got her own uh, type or her own font now, like, you know, when we talk about the X-Men and it's like, yeah, you have a big splash page you're introducing them, Colossus and Wolverine and Jubilee and everybody's got their own title font. Gwen's got her own title font. It's really splendid and it's very 1920s. Do, uh, do you
0: think it's hmm? a mistake to reintroduce Gwen Stacy?
1: No, because they're doing this really, really well. Because this isn't like, hey, we're reintroducing Gwen Stacy to the Marvel Universe. No, this story takes place before she was killed in Amazing Spider-Man 120 or 121. So this story takes place when she's a teenager. She, her, you know, she's, she's be- pretty much best friends with Harry Osborn. You see like Peter Parker in the background being a science dork because he's 15 and he's not. Spider-Man yet. And you've got Norman Osborn as a as a recurring villain. You've got the enforcers. When you go back and look at Amazing Spider-Man's earliest, like single digit entries into the comic book world, these were the characters. I mean, granted, Green Goblin shows up in issue 14, but that means he existed back then. Um, There's nothing I'm going to say about this Outside of the fact that, like, if you read issue one, this is an awesome follow up and this is a good story. I'm just saying, like, you know, you have all of these detective characters and she's not coming off like some annoying Nancy Drew. She is trying to solve a crime to keep her father, the famed Captain Stacy, from being framed. And... He's simultaneously in the hospital after getting, you know, messed up in the last issue, uh, knowing that she's the target of the guys that came after him. And he can just retire and go away, or he can fight it. And everybody's telling him, it'll be hard, but you could fight it. And he's like, no, which means Gwen's going to do it because she's a, she's a youth and she doesn't get it. And that's what's, that's what's been going on here. So like... The best thing that this book can do is keep doing what it's doing and putting her into a perpetual threat situation, which is like she's in she's talking to Norman Osborn, the Green Goblin, a couple of times. And you're like, man, he's going to flip out and kill her. And you know that this is, per- this is playing with the a- appropriate chronology. But, like, what, you, what, what, we, what really bothers me is reading this, and I can't help but thinking about that horrendous J. Michaels Straczynski storyline from several years ago, ten years ago, or loud, whatever, and, where we find thing. out. Ugh. Oh, sick. My, sick. My, a, you know, it was the thing where Gwen Stacy had children with Norman Osborn. Hideous. And I, 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 God, please don't let it go that direction. And also, let this thing sort itself out. I hope that this story is what it is and doesn't end up involving Spider-Man later or other superheroes trying to figure this out. So, and that's what I got for this.
0: I think they missed a, a huge opportunity after Secret War to bring her back just, here she is. Because I would accept her more as, here she is after Secret War, than Gwenpool... Which is fucking gay. Like, that is that is so... Watch sp- it. Yeah, I know, but still, I, I mean it... I mean it shitty, because that shit sucks. It's, it's
1: terrible. The whole concept that of Gwenpool is sucks. very... Is it... It's, the thing is, it's not even actually Gwen Stacy, if I'm not correct. Please, somebody set us straight, because I don't want to waste the time to try to figure this I out. I don't
0: want to be set straight on that. I saw that, like, okay, alternate universe, multiverse, Gwen Stacy... Merged with Deadpool. Is that what's what, going on or, there? Or whatever it is. Uh, I did enjoy the, uh, the uh, Gwen Stacy comics before they called her Ghost Spider. Uh, I've got all the original ones. They were really good. She's got a band. She's got a problem with the fact that uh, she's responsible for turning Peter Parker into the lizard and him dying. Uh, after, oh, fascinating. After, after she got bit by radioactive spider. Those were great stories. Artwork was phenomenal. As well, but then, like, th- then you give me that pop culture bullshit, where we're just gonna m- merge Gwen Stacy as the the Ghost Spider into Deadpool, and I'm like, w- why is this even happening? Th- 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 like, who is enjoying these comic books? It's, uh
1: man, I it's it's a very particular age subset. Print- I don't know the, the de- <laughs> I don't know the demographics on that, but.
0: They're printing them, if you guys it, are
1: looking for toilet paper, it's it, go to your comic book store and buy stacks of Gwenpool.
0: Yeah, um, let but,
1: alone. But on the other hand, I mean, I'm sure they have piles of X Force from the '90s.
0: You you know I don't. Hey 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 hey. Those early X Forces were were decent at best. Damn it. <laughs> uh, like that that free ass. Yeah, they were a solid
1: three with X Force
0: number one. <laughs> In that, in that crappy poly bag,
1: <laughs> oh. you can find hey, that anywhere. At least now. you know it will be virus free. Uh, yes, but, but, God, but I, I, mean... I do have to
0: say, you, you know, I don't wear color, and you know, I don't wear white. But one hoodie I want <laughs> is the Gwen Stacy Ghost, uh, Ghost Spider hoodie, where it's the the spider logo, and it's a white hoodie, and it's pink and gray. It's gorgeous. I it's want a that. beautiful
1: costume. I it's a really want it. great costume. <laughs> Oh, I don't okay. have any problem with uh, Ghost Spider. I do not like any of the any of the pools. Keep the deads. Oh, keep the Gwen pools. Gwen pool. Give me a you know do- yeah. dog pool. All of that. It just oh, forget it. Forget it. Forget about it. Yeah.
0: So yeah, about
1: it. I mean, this book is not that. This is legit Gwen in the sixties, which then messes with my head because we have them dealing with some kind of like computer software. I mean computers nobody had a computer like this this isn't the 60s it's they're trying to make that they're trying to make <laughs> a story that came out in the 60s contemporary and you you see the you see these characters you see the hairstyles you see the clothes you see the technology and it's it's contemporary I don't have a problem with that you know
0: Agreed. but uh agree
1: yeah uh, I will say one thing that the uh, the artwork is very Mark Bagley, and I was I had to go back and double check it. But um, Ooh, anyway, say no more. What the, yeah, it's yeah, it's worth looking at. It's really this is this is it's it's good stuff. Uh, yeah, yeah. Anyway, all right. Yeah, uh, it's a good book. Anyway, so we got we I think we got that one. What do you got, man?
0: Uh, I I want to mention uh, real quick uh, Star Wars Darth Vader number two that I got. Maybe a couple pages into it and realize that Ugh. they had tricked us yeah. into thinking that Podme was still alive, and it's actually what the hell's her damn name? Corday. Yeah, yeah. That that's that. It's not her. It, it was a. It was a. It was a. It was a total swerve bamboozle. So if you bought that, <laughs> I hope you're not too pissed off because I sure as hit was. Um, I want to talk about Kylo Ren. Number four. Oh, yeah.
1: You know, uh, how do you feel? Successful conclusion to that book or what?
0: Okay, I want to say that it was a a tease because during the actual, the last three Star Wars movies, why the hell didn't they show us these badass dudes of the Nights of Rent? They did. Barely.
1: They did. Barely. Okay, they were pretty heavy in... Rise of Skywalker, they were there in Force Awakens, but they were written out in Ryan Johnson's second one, whatever that was called.
0: Correct. Now, I would, I, God, I would love worst. to learn the ethos of these vagabond Force-sensitive men that have this do-or-do-not mentality when it comes to their, their, their group. I dig that sort yeah. of thing. It's not that Han Solo. I'm a yeah. I might betray you. I I, I really want to get paid. Um, no, these guys were dead set on their principles. Dead they? set. <laughs> yeah. So hey, Solo. what's the uh,
1: credits real quick?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Let me. Uh, let me. Pull it's Char-
1: Charles Sewell is the writer. Will Sine- Sliney is the artist. Which you know, good job. I mean, there's a lot of characters that you have to. Uh, do really appro- really like appropriate likenesses of, and um, I gotta say, he really sold that. He really did. Uh, Gu- Guru EFX colorist and uh, VC's Travis Lanham is the letter.
0: Great action scenes. Uh, uh, way to pull Lots off of action. Way to pull yeah. off some lightsaber battles. And, and for, D- dude, for me not to totally. get bored. Uh, Can I say too.
1: just one thing about that though? The do, artwork do it. when it comes to the lightsabers, the aspect like when we were when we when your kid when you were a kid and you were looking at like a Star Wars comic, a Marvel Star Wars comic, or maybe when I was in college and like Dark Horse had the license and you're looking at Tales from the Jedi or something like that. Um, lightsabers just look like whatever, dude. The technology is different now. And if it's coloring or if it's computer effort, these things look like freaking lightsabers. The gradient, the color gradient coming off of them, the brightness, I mean, these things are blinding. If you've looked at a digital representation of the artwork on a computer or on an iPad or something like that versus what we're seeing when we're looking at them on paper, these things are popping. They are blinding. They look like what they're supposed to look like. I never would have thought we would get to that point,
0: especially where especially you it and I knowing like that. Uh, and having read the original Marvel Star Wars comics line about what yeah. the, the limitations that they had with color, and then how the, how some artists would take the liberty and make the lightsabers pointed. Uh huh. Uh huh. There's we we've, we've got some great art here. My problem is the holes in the story. This is a rushed I get story. That. Like, this was an extremely rushed story. Like, you, you barely even got to know Kylo meeting these guys from killing their leader and taking over everything. And then, and then some. I, I imagine someone going, man, this is going to be so cool if uh, we get to see him uh, construct his uh, lightsaber with, the, with the, the hilt. And I didn't think it was that cool. I think it was a cop-out. I think it was all building the to, to some a lot of cop outs. Great action. We didn't develop the, the Jedi Knights that were after him for supposedly killing Luke Skywalker. We didn't right, have right. We, we didn't have enough <clears throat> development in there. This should have been a twelve issue series.
1: Uh maybe a six. Maybe a six or
0: no. There should have been no after After so many things, I really really stick by the twelve format. That way, you can do one issue where you develop this guy, and then there's a chase on this this type thing. I (coughs) wanted to see a whole. uh, Bless you. I wanted to see a whole issue of of the Knights of Ren, while things are going good before Kylo kills their leader, and they're they're having a good time being uh, being a bunch of uh, (laughs) space assholes.
1: Yeah, I'm not entirely convinced with four issues. Uh, I I feel like they could have got away for a while and the, the whole, the problem is like how many days, what does this story take place over the course of four or five days? You know, yeah, he gets up and he leaves the Jedi temple. He runs off. They're chasing him. Luke is left for dead and clearly gets up and gets upset about it, but he doesn't go after Ben. And then, okay, so... What does he do? Like how, how or did they... he think that Ben was dead? Yeah. How does Ben fall in with the first order? Or is it just an obvious thing? Like, if this was gonna keep going, then I would hope we would see that. Is this a four-parter? I don't even remember. Yep,
0: this is a four parter. It's over.
1: Uh I'm gonna say that i don't need a concur I don't need a recurring story here, but I do need I, I do I, I dig what you're saying. It would it's have been interesting nice for them to be like, okay, I'm learning more from these guys, I'm learning more from these guys, and then these guys, the, these other... The Jedi catch up to me, and they've been through some stuff, and now, now, it, yeah, you're right, we would have got some character development. It just Okay, well, these are just people that he has to kill to get out of his way, you know?
0: Who are these knights? Or how are they force-sensitive? Have they had any sort of training? Where are they from? How are they have any sort of ties to Snoke? Uh, even if the uh rise of skywalker sucked terribly and was a terrible movie um you could have shown some more things about how cuz they did they did show a bit of the, the emperor
1: yeah that's true i sh- got to say uh when i saw that saw that panel what whatever page it is at the bottom of the at the bottom of the page there is a moment where uh the emperor's you're seeing him from like the nose to the chin and I thought right that now. that was, yeah, I thought that was Kylo, I thought that was uh I thought that was Ben for a second, and I was like, that is some serious technique and serious understanding of facial anatomy to be able to depict that level of like uh,
0: an old I don't man's know, man. Ge- what he was feeling jowls. in that
1: moment, <laughs> but then I didn't realize. Oh, that's the emperor, you know. Or, or,
0: or um, even, or even then, develop the story enough to know that the font, not really the font, but like the, the word bubbles with the red lining around it, with the black. Oh behind sure, it is, is meant to be emperor voice. The way they do. If you ever, I don't, I, I know you haven't read too much of it, but if you read Spawn, Spawn always talks in a very specific word bubble, and you know that, that is Spawn. Every single time. Oh, they do
1: that a- across the board. I mean, definitely they do that with freaking Deadpool. Uh, Thanos gets it. Uh, I think even, like, the Silver Surfer Black is doing it, that now, if I'm not just, mistaken. It it's just, just
0: threw us into it. Mm-hmm. So we're... Well, I
1: think that they do that in the other books, but it would be worth looking into. I don't have another issue of Marvel Star Wars right now with the Emperor, but everywhere else that he shows up, it looks like Snoke and the Emperor are also or they're both doing it in this in this book. But um
0: now to to yeah. wind to wind it down I don't hate it. Yeah. It didn't suck. It was just a huge missed opportunity to me. This should have been 12 issues. This could have been a legendary graphic novel. One that people like buy over and over or or give to someone else uh and then have oh, to buy man. and then have to buy it again. If you can develop Kylo that well, where the hell was Luke Skywalker? I still don't understand why everyone thought that Luke was dead. Um, I wanted to see more of the relics. I wanted to see more of where that in, in the first uh, the first issue, where where the hell they were and why it was such an ancient temple that had things in it that we've had no idea what the hell it is. And there's these miscreants hanging out just looking at them. They didn't even know what to do with them.
1: Oh, it's my. If I'm not mistaken, I feel like that's the place that Jocasta knew set up when she left the uh jedi academy when she was um when she was you know she was exiled essentially just like yoda was i gotta run away and hide that kind of thing after the clone wars i feel like that's the same place which is kind of rad because it feels like people are setting things up and then walking away from it and then You know, a different uh, creative team is getting to come in and play with those things. So when you read all of the Star Wars franchise books in Marvel, they are all strung together and there is a sense of consistency. I uh, I could be completely wrong, but I feel like that's what's going on, and I really appreciate that.
0: Well, I like I'm still It's like, like
1: going from one Star Trek series to the next Star Trek series, and going this all feels like an appropriate thing, you know.
0: I'm so glad you brought that up. Consistency. What is one thing in all the nerd geek things that people really slave over and learn the languages of? Star Trek, Lord of the Rings. In Star Wars, I mean... Consistency.
1: <laughs> I think that's why we're all so butthurt, is that consistency got thrown out the window with Star Wars, and consistency has also been more or less thrown out over Star Trek. And, like, if somebody comes in and does more Hobbit-related stuff, will they... like They might do the Silmarillion. Can Peter Jackson please just do it for consistency? Can we please just... Make, like let's make it all feel right like when you uh, I don't want to get into a huge thing about it but like I, I know yeah you're right you're absolutely right and I hope that's where they're going with it um and I agree with you I think it is a missed opportunity to be bigger and better than that because I'll tell you what I know that I know that Rise of Skywalker is not a it's not a good movie in that it doesn't take chances and stick with them I mean, yeah, we kill Chewie, he's not really dead. We kill C-3PO as we know him, and it's nothing. And it's just like, yeah, okay, well, the stakes are never that high. And then it's like, okay, well, at the end, the stakes are gigantic. And by that point, all I wanted was just to see Ben. I just wanted to see Ben Solo being a good guy and doing good guy shit for as long as I could. And, um... Yeah, I mean, I feel like the opportunity to really sell him making this decision, because I still don't buy it. In the end, there's no point in the, in the storyline of Kylo Ren, anywhere that I've seen it, movie or comics or novels or what, where I feel like he is 100% committed to being a Sith.
0: Yeah, it was too it was back and forth. And, and again, to the missed opportunity thing, why the hell not give us 12 issues in this? They're going to buy it. We did. Yeah, it's just money. <laughs> just keep putting money into it. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Uh,
1: I don't know.
0: We're, we're still going to devour it, whether we're pissed off about it or not. Or admit it or not, because I know there's a lot of closeted Star Wars fans out there, which sucks. <laughs> But anyway. I don't know, man. I can't get
1: enough of Adam Driver. Even if he's a comic book, even if he's just Love him. drawn in. Love him. And I can't get it. He's just awesome. And I can't I can't I like I hated Kylo Ren for two movies and then I absolutely loved him in the third one. Just completely, completely loved him. I couldn't get enough of seeing him on screen. I actually I like it, it just I didn't care what had come before. There was just something about Okay, well, this guy actually found his power, you know, and it's it's there. Ah, just there's so much that I like about that third movie. But anyway, hey, anyway,
0: let's uh let's move on to uh, cuz one thing uh we, we mentioned earlier uh while we were off air was that a new Minefield's uh, uh commandment is never ignore Namor.
1: Never ignore Namor. So then okay, I will tell you now about Marvel Snapshots. Uh, Submariner. This book came out of freaking nowhere. I did. I just. It just. It was just there. Has a beautiful. I'm gonna say. What? What? I don't know what the. Oh, it's an Alex Ross cover. I was like, is that markers? Is it painted? I couldn't tell what was going on there. Uh, and that caught my eye, and I did not double check it until now. I'm looking at the credits page. So, like I say, Marvel Snapshots Submariner. Alan Brennert is the writer. Jer- which, oh, my God, dude. Where did you come from? Awesome job. Jerry Ordway, artist. Also, like, thank you. This is some good. This this whole story takes place in the Golden Age. It takes place in 1945, immediately after World War II. It looks right. It's colored right. It's drawn right. So, thank you, Espen Guttenjern. Yep. And uh, VCs, Travis Lanham, uh, Kurt Busiek is the curator on this. So I hope that that means that some time was spent researching what this needed to look like and how it needed to feel and what the characters needed to be. The, the coloring might be digital, but I'll tell you what, uh, it is, it, it's, still, it's still Dot Matrix, I'm not saying that computers didn't have everything to do with it. I'm not saying that computers aren't controlling what the printer was doing. But when you really, like, get a magnifying glass out and hover it over this, uh, it is dot matrix coloring like what we would have seen in the, like, three-color press or whatever um, in the golden age and especially in the 70s and 80s.
0: Old school goodies.
1: Oh my god, yeah. So, I don't know anything about these characters. I don't know if this is a consistent character from the, from 1945, but this this character is Betty. She is the protagonist of this story. Um she's a beautiful blonde woman living in New York and she has three brother or she has two brothers that just came back from World War II. One of them's on a crutch cuz he lost a leg. The other one is an alcoholic. Uh and um they're all happy to be back together, except that they've all got their hangups because they're messed up from the war. But they all know that she date she dates Namor, and I'm like, I don't know, I don't have, I don't really, I might have some Golden Age reprints of Namor books from back then, but it's kind of amazing that like when she goes on a date with him, nobody's treating him like a celebrity, but. He is somebody to be feared. Anyway, they go to uh, they go across the uh, to the Palisades in uh, New Jersey, where there's a theme park, and um, I don't know. Namor just can't fit in. He's just he's an antihero. He's angry at the surface world, and he's kind of a dick. And like his, he's trying to make jokes and be friendly because she wants him to, but she's trying to make him a person. And she's got it she's starting to realize there's no way that this relationship is ever gonna work out because he's a fish man for crying out loud. He's gonna go back to Atlantis. Like what the hell he's does she wings have to offer? On his feet. You exactly. Can't work. <laughs> every every second she gets pissed off at him, uh or not not like just pissed, but like pissed or disappointed. She shows a full range of like anxiety and wariness. I'm not saying it's all just like, hey, I'm catty and pissy. No, she's she's got all these different features going on because he is depicting he's being himself and trying to fit in and doesn't work. It's really fascinating to watch this. And then uh da, 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 there's all these differences be- because he's like he's just been in Europe fighting with the invaders and the in the all-winners squad and like uh it doesn't, like, he doesn't understand, Americans, you have so many things, you have all of these frivolities, like this theme park, and all of these groceries and things, and they don't have anything in, in, in Europe, they don't have anything in England, they don't have anything in France, nothing in Germany, Brussels, Belgium, they're all bombed out, it's a nightmare, and like, then some jackass shows up in a metal costume, and uh he's like, "Oh, I'm the sh- land shark or whatever and I'm like, "I don't know. is this a legit guy from this golden age? Land Namor shark. punches him across the chest and it scrapes off part of the part of the uh armor and there's a n- there's a swastika underneath the guy is a former Nazi, and even he knows that his Nazi regalia is no good, even being a bad guy like I'm not coming over to be a dick Nazi in the even U.S. i S I'm just coming over <laughs> here to get what I can get, but I don't even want to be perceived as a Nazi and Namor loses his crap about it and just rips the guy a new one. And everybody's automatically like, Oh, Namor's on a tear again. Like everybody's seen this before because Namor has gone and flooded New York in the past and Namor has shown up being the bad guy and the Human Torch, the Golden Age Human Torch has had to come in and save the day in the past or the Angel or uh, the Wizard. Like, all of these Golden Age dudes, they actually show up and they all help try to rescue everybody and save everybody in the theme park. The Human Torch and Toro. um, It's just... It's just... It's a wild, like, post-war romp, really. And uh, in the end... It's kind of impressive because it's like you're seeing a whole part of the world that just doesn't exist anymore. And it's fascinating to me that, yeah, I hope Kurt Busiek is like leading a team of researchers on this. This is good because it's dense. It's good because it is well-drawn, well-depicted iterations of characters we don't get to see anymore Um It's not that they've outlived their usefulness, but it's like they have replacements. So we don't have stories to pick up. But we do have Captain America and Bucky. And then it's like every single frame is extraordinarily detailed. If you're not getting a frame that has an, an incredible background, you're getting a frame or a panel that is wrought with emotion. And I'm just saying like, oh, man, I mean, what did I pay for this? Let me go back.
0: I bet it was like eight books.
1: I mean, this is a dense book and it's worth it, man. I'm just saying like, if you're, a, if you're a Namor fan, look out for this thing. I mean, I think the next issue is a human torch issue and I'm hoping that this is all, you know, contiguous as we are just going off on a whole tear about uh, contiguity as I've bastardized the word in the past, but like, I hope, that, I hope the next book takes place after this one and we can have some kind of like a... It's just basically if it's going to be a snapshots on and it follows through on all of these characters, I mean, hopefully by the time we get to the angel, we aren't all like, okay, well, that's lame because nobody really knows anything about the angel anymore. I don't know anybody who's like, oh, yeah, I've got angel comics or whatever. I mean, <laughs> there you have it. But
0: Yeah, it's buried from, from the, the 40s. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, hey, I'm a guy that doesn't even have the Super Soldier serum. I don't know. Did you, Detectives. Did you, but you enjoyed did you enjoy it? Oh yeah, I totally did. I mean just I feel like it really accomplished what it was going out for, you know? Hey, let's take a care like I, I really don't know. I don't know everybody if this Betty character who is the protagonist is uh was Namor's wartime girlfriend. I'm just saying, like, it's amazing to go back and look at that. Like, I'm fascinated by the Night Nurse. You know? Like, the character of the Night Nurse. A four-issue book. We got It was whole, a romance book.
0: We gotta do a whole issue on that.
1: Ultimately, I'm, we're gonna have to. I have two issues of Night Nurse, and I can't find the other two issues, and people are always like, oh, that's gonna be expensive. And I'm like, well, if we find it... I'll see if I want to pay for it. But I, you, I, I know that they're you... reprinted in Marvel Romance that came out in like 2012.
0: Yeah, I gave it to you.
1: Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I didn't know. I thought I picked that up at like a, a Hastings, but then at the same time, no, it's I a, feel like I It's like
0: 6 comics I, in a in a in a flimsy cover.
1: Yeah, it's a trade, right? It's a it's a it, collected work. It's,
0: it's works. a it's a mini, it's a mini trade. Like, okay, I'm it, sorry if I don't remember you giving it to a, me.
1: I remember seeing it for like $3 on the ultra clearance bin when Hastings uh, was collapsing as a company.
0: 3 bucks. the thing was $8 or 6 when it came
1: out. Yeah, I mean, it was, hey, let's move this product. Let's get it out of here.
0: Yeah. We're, I,
1: we're too busy selling exercise equipment and airsoft guns just, and I, I, skateboards I now because we don't even know what we're doing right. anymore as a company. Yeah.
0: Uh, alright, let's see what I What do you got? What's next? Let's do da, 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 da,
1: da. I'm gonna do X-Men number eight. Right on, right on.
0: Alright, let me pull this guy up. Got all my books in front of me. What am I looking at? Okay, so I popped hard for this one. Because I'm a huge brood fan. Um mm-hmm. we're talking that okay, so what's happening in the pages of new mutants right now? Or, or just finished was the New Mutants went into the Shi'ar Empire and they were imprisoned. They helped rescue uh, Deathbird. They helped reestablish order and they were allowed to place a uh, a flower from Kokoa uh, in in the Shi'ar Empire. So they were able to get home pretty quick. And um, one of these dummies, I think it was Wolf Spain. Brings back in a pretty egg that she won from the Starjammers, and I think it was like a poker contest or something like that. And um, uh, the the little brood guy, what's his name? Uh, Bree or something like that. Let me pull it up. I'm, I'm going to. Is it Dupe? It's can.
1: Dupe, isn't it? He's Dupe.
0: <laughs> no, no, Dupe was that floating uh, ball of boogers. Um, Slimer. Come on, Brew. No, his name's Brew. He's a really smart brood. He's not really connected to them uh, in the sense where he's part of the hive mind. But he walks in, uh, magic, everyone's there, just chilling. And he's like, uh, I'm going to read it to you. Actually, I'm juicing because I can't eat any of this because uh, they offer <laughs> the food. Uh, I'm trying to drop down a few. But what are you doing with that? With what? With that. And points at this gorgeous egg. Ah, That's my space booty. And he's like, I'm not quite sure exactly how to put this, but I'll give it my best effort as he adjusts his little, like, uh, Morpheus-style pin to his nose, what is vaguely a nose, uh, circular glasses. Listen here, you insane preferred woman. That's a king egg. And we've got a problem because the, the brood only have king eggs once every so many years, and everything is tied into them. They can sense it. And uh, I I wanted to bring it back because uh, one of the things that really bothered me from back in the day in the uh, 94 uh, X-Men animated series was that they never really accidentally, or uh, not accidentally, actually officially introduced the Brood.
1: Mm -hmm. Right. They
0: they introduced uh, this, it was an episode where rogue's uh original boyfriend that she drained the power and life out of and put him in a coma forever cody uh yeah cody is like hey babe i'm back let's be friends and uh he leads her to the brood which isn't really the brood it's a weird hybrid like it was like if someone that was making uh x-men action figures was like well these don't look cool kids want this, and, 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 and yeah. that's, that's how they design, That's how it was like they designed the Brood, and they never officially called them the Brood. And um, what happens is Wolverine is present when he hears a loud giant bang when the Conti Space Whale, that big giant red whale, um, that they're all in, infested inside of. Uh, well, it, it starts out like right when uh, Brew is like, "What the hell." we need to get this off the planet, give it to me now, we're in trouble, and then boom. Like, giant crash, because one uh, of the Akanti crashed, and more of them are coming. And we've got Brood up the whizzing. And uh, I just love it, because we're, we're looking at Cyclops, we're looking at Marvel Girl Magic. They're getting a, a really fun chance to run with as many X-Men as they can. Like, imagine like when you're watching... Or or you hear a new X-Men movies come out, well what mutants are they gonna be? And they say Oh yeah, I sure. Is like, yeah, is, is Colossus I, gonna X-Men, be in it? X- yeah, X-Men 2. is was literally about to say that. X-Men 2 is Colossus being it and you see him slowly changing into the silver on the commercial and you pop like crazy. Um they're getting full run. And just there's that person, there's Dazzler. Uh we they haven't even really showed Pixie, but they sure are in the listings of the fighting. Uh, Because they have a, uh, they pretty much have a gauntlet throwdown of of mutants fighting each other. I mean, it's it's a, they're doing the best they can with this new environment, and they haven't ruined it yet. And so the brood are coming. Cool. They're here. Uh, Dude, Scott is got uh, one of my good buddies. Man, Uh, one of the one of the things that really got me to like him, like what was our second or third conversation? He mentioned that. Cyclops is his favorite X-Men and I'm like how the hell is Cyclops your favorite X-Men you don't just pick Cyclops nobody likes Cyclops you get Cyclops because you have to have the leader because you, if you're buying Ninja Turtles you got to have Leonardo yeah. you, you got to have Leonardo but there's an accuser who's uh, figured out that uh, the X-Men have this and also they've caused some trouble and made a a Cree accuser? Yes, yes sir Oh, okay, great, great. We've got, uh-huh. we've got a, a Kree accuser, and Guardian is out there training his son, uh, Kid Guardian, to <clears throat> kill Brood. <laughs> uh, the word gets out that we need to get to Earth, and there's a king egg, because that's not really been a problem before. I mean, they've I've, I've heard mention of it before, but not where it was like a full-on, because, you know, when it comes to aliens, it's always like the mother alien, you know? Right.
1: Right. But we've got well, it's supposed to be that idea that like you can eliminate this one thing and all of it will settle down. I don't know. I am so burned out. If I see another story where somebody kills the head of the snake and the body dies, like, (laughs) please, it's I am so sick of that. Like even Avengers, please. Like why, why, why? Oh, well, all of the all of the uh, army dies because we lost contact with the mothership. Give me a flippin' break. That is not how the world works. I want to see a denouement in a story where. Oh yeah, blah blah blah. We're cleaning up. We're gonna win. You know. Yeah, they're we're covered. We got these guys are all over the place, but we're gonna defeat them because. Because we know it, you know. I mean, it's just that simple. All it's all you got to do. It's two minutes, two minutes of your story to quick, do that. Maybe blurb. one minute, maybe a throwaway line of dialogue by a non-essential character. You know, the media guy and, that was in the whole movie telling everybody. I'm, like, I'm glad.
0: I'm glad uh, you brought that up just, because in in the new X Men, all the new books. They have, like, random pages that are dossier files or classified, and and half of it's even redacted to you, and it takes, like, four episodes to figure out what was in those pages. Uh, I remember bitching about it a a couple months ago about, like, stop giving me this essay to read. Uh, I was absolutely wrong. (laughs) But um, before I forget, Jonathan Hickman, writer, Mahmoud uh, Asrar, artist, Sunny Go, color artist; V.C.S. Clayton Cowles, letter; Tom Muller, design; uh, Lionel Francis, to you and Sunny Cho, cover artists. Uh, knocked it out of the park. Finally, we have some action that is not just uh, political, because that's what's been happening within the pages of X-Men. It's all political. The the Hellfire Club setting up this little this little group of like super intelligent kids that are modeling themselves after the hellfire club we've got people in madripoor we have got people in the soviet union we've got uh they're all trying to steal the the plant uh we've got people that have dissected domino and use her dna to make another domino to uh, make other similar type entities to have the power of luck to get into kokoa uh, we it's it's all been political, uh, like that one episode that I popped real hard where uh, Xavier Magneto Cyclops they all go have dinner with all the the world heads to discuss what's going to happen. Uh, it's all been political, but finally we got some baddies. Damn it, we got uh, we we we're not worrying about apocalypse uh, messing with the um, I, I don't even know the the, the word for it because it's one of those things I'm, I've never been too interested in. The like English history of like. Wizards and warlocks and Merlin and Captain Britain. Uh, We've got Apocalypse doing that on that side. Uh, Mister Sinister has his own like uh, bio lab. We don't know what the hell he's doing, and he's turned into this weird comical figure. He's always
1: got something like that.
0: He he does, but he's he's like, well, we need to talk to Sinister, and he's like, yeah, come on in, as opposed to like, you know, I'm gonna destroy you and Summers and. Uh, I'm going to take your 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 DNA. No, he's like hey, come on in. What, what do you need? Uh oh, oh ignore everything that's going on in this room right now. Oh, uh, what's going on? Uh uh a uh, 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 quick uh you know, joke. And uh he's like yeah, no problem. Just uh, remember you owe me a favor later on. No, no big deal. Forget I forget about it. I feel <laughs> like he's he's a
1: character that I can't ever take seriously. He just he looks ridiculous. He uh, I don't know. Like if I were writing X Men, he's a, definitely a character I would completely ignore. Like, why can't we kill Mister Sinister? Seriously, just pff, let him go, you know. But whatever, I don't know. He's just one of those guys.
0: They've, they've got that so many somebody's going to come in and do something with. They've got so many storylines involved <laughs> with him right now, and in X Men, and then also in the Ravencroft series right now, where he was one of the human uh, orderlies slash scientists slash. Uh, medical staff that got fired and we don't know what he's been doing and what he did with this person. I dig Sinister. I've always really liked Sinister. I liked his voice. I liked his look. Um, uh, (laughs) I'm surprised that you didn't like him, but but I I appreciate your take on that because I've never had anyone tell me they didn't like Mr. Sinister before.
1: At least like when you looked at ultimate Mr. Sinister, it made a little bit of sense. Like here's this freaky, obnoxious, overbuilt dude and he had all the tattoos and whatever. He was just he was a villain. That I don't even remember if he had the same powers, but it's just like you think about all these crackpot bad guys who have a <laughs> lair with labs doing all of this I stuff. Love it. They're just daffy they're just quacks. <laughs> He's <a> total crackpot. <laughs> the name bad of our dad. forthcoming band. <laughs> Joshua Michael and the crackpot bad guys.
0: <laughs> and, the, and the mad scientists. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm, I'm done with this. men Oh, whatever. Oh, oh, did, the, one last thing with X-Men. You got it. Like, all our listeners, stay away from the clickbait on this because I have seen some ridiculous shit. where <laughs> They're looking way too far into things like, are, are Wolverine, Jean Grey, and Scott Summers in a polyamorous relationship? Is this person gay now? No. <laughs> no. And if they are... I don't know, man. It, they'll if,
1: just decide somebody's gay. It's been if, years and years if, that they've been dating they somebody. Are, and they're like, ah, oh, we're just going to make
0: Iceman gay. Like, yeah, you, you, like, they're looking way too far into things. Like, there's there's very few little seeds that would even spawn that idea. And they're looking, like, if if they are, maybe. <laughs> like... It, it hasn't happened yet. Like, it, it's all clickbait. Stay away from that CBR website. It's terrible. <laughs> or CRB. Whatever, whatever it is. It's like... like even Comic I get book research. resources.
1: Comic book resources. Yeah. It, I uh, did watch one video the other day from them. And I can't even remember what it was. But it was like... The problem I have with most of their their video content is... How long it takes to set up what it is that's relevant out of it. It was like, here's a list of the five something or another that, or what, I don't know. Here's a, here's a list of something that happened in Spider-Man comics or something. I just don't even remember what it was. It was just one of those deals where it's like, it takes them five or If it's a five minute video, they're going to spend two minutes setting it up as if we don't know what the hell they're already talking about.
0: Agreed uh they they did one on the most random thing from uh the this issue that there's a so there's a gauntlet pretty much it's almost like uh uh you need to die by apocalypse's hands and you get reborn into who you should be uh and it's one of those things like where they're almost sacrificing a virgin but they also have like oh, people weird. fighting each other just to fight each other and uh, there's, they had a full-on list of all the, the gauntlet matches. And it was like... Uh, oh! The, 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 the clickbait link was, Nightcrawler's has finally met his match. And I'm like, oh, please tell me that this is about that one-page list. And it was. It was this huge... It, it, was, it was like six clicks to get to that you get to read that uh, Blink and Nightcrawler ended in a draw. And it was like you you put all this superfluous information that has that only tells me that you know nothing of what you're talking about. and that, then we get to that you read this one page that Nightcrawler and Blink oh and yeah draw. that's all it said. Draw, <laughs> and they pulled all this bullshit information on it. Like it's it's like it's shameful reporting. Does this have anything? Does this have anything to do with that Versus
1: book that came out during AVX where I, it was like... I wish,
0: I wish, at least there'd be something for them to draw on. It, it, no, it has nothing to do with that.
1: <laughs> oh, man. That was a terrible title, and I picked up several issues just thinking like, okay, hey, cool, Daredevil's going to fight somebody in Letvaria. That'll be wacky. And then it's like, it was like Daredevil, I don't. It's, for instance, and I'm just making this up, like, it's Daredevil fighting... Gambit and I'm like, well, Daredevil will win that, obviously. No, Gambit's gonna win because, what? What? That doesn't make any sense. It just stuff like that. It just I don't know. Totally, totally hacked me off reading it. Uh, It was not worth the money that anybody spent on it.
0: The the uh, while we're on the subject of the X Men, uh, just real quick because it didn't have too much like to really uh, gnaw on. Cable number one, Kid Cable. We see. Uh, oh, I've we,
1: seen that floating see, around. Yeah, but you're
0: not going to read that. You, you get to see the gauntlet. You get to see uh, Cable versus Wolverine, and uh, the silver uh, the silver samurai is uh, refereeing the match. And Oof. it's it's great dialogue. And then here uh, here we are. Uh, this is here's the list here: uh, Nightcrawler, Blink, Draw. Gorgon, Magic, DQ, Spain <laughs> Pyro. Oh, I uh, like Gorgon. Py- Py- Pyro lost. Dazzler uh, versus Jubilee. Jubilee lost. Uh, Callisto versus Fish. They're bringing in the Morlocks, and we haven't even gotten to see that yet. I love the Morlocks, man. Um, but uh, to get in the credits... Uh, oh, oh! Let me ask a, a totally side thing real
1: quick. Go for it. Unus the Untouchable. In any of this X stuff... Have you seen or heard anything from Unus the Untouchable? Let me look. Oh! Guess not. Guess not. I'm going to say you haven't. Okay. No. No. I haven't seen anything with him in years, since like 2006 or something like that. 2007 or whatever. I feel like he was being a dick on Genosha after Cassandra Nova wrecked it and uh, with the Sentinels. And then after, like, before that, I hadn't seen anything with that character since, like, the first, second, third issue of actual X-Men, like, in the 60s. Like, where is this character? If there is a, an overpowered mutant dicking around out there, I'm like, why isn't it, why isn't it Unus the Untouchable? He creates a force field. You cannot get to him. Like, that's, that's his power. He, and that fascinates me. What a power. I mean, yeah, you might think that you can't move the blob or you can't stop the juggernaut. Unus the Untouchable. You can't touch him if he doesn't want you to. No matter how hard you try, no matter what you do. I'm like, dude, that guy needs to be around. But whatever, maybe he's dead. He wasn't one of the 198.
0: Nope. So we got a... Uh, anyway, Gary what Dugan, do you got? Gary Duggan writer, Phil Noto artist, VCs Joe Sabino, letterer, Tom Muller-Lazine, Phil Noto, cover artist. Hey, this was a fun-ass X-Men comic. And it's... Cable was one of the people I've always been the most fascinated with. I, I, I just... I love the guy. I love his look. I love his attitude. I love Grey and Manor. I love the Ascani son. I love the fact that he is the son of uh, you know Scott and um, Gene. And uh, uh, the, the idea of... If, scott giving hope to him as a baby to take into the future to uh back in the uh uh, the messiah story i mean i I, i've never been disappointed with cable i dig this kid the only thing that was weird was uh the the fact that the kokoa has merged with another island we talked about a couple months ago that was kind of yeah the, the 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 female version of it and there's a giant lion that is running amok and uh i see this giant lion i'm like He's got a thorn in his damn paw. <laughs> sure as shit, he's got a thorn in his paw. <laughs> and um, so, is there a mouse mutant that's gonna pull it out or something? Uh, him in armor, and uh, he pulls out this awesome magical sword and removes the the thorn. And uh, we we get this new story about the, the the magical sword is a sword of a a, a race of sentient armored. Androids, I don't, I don't know. They're 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 from the past, and uh, they they find the the dead body or or defunct. It, it almost looks like uh, the shredder or or silver samurai, or, or and crossed with ROM, and um, he takes the sword and and removes the, the the thorn and Summers takes it away from him and they, they gotta think about it and then these uh, there's an intergalactic space museum that it has a few of these defunct uh, uh, armors that wake this up. This is all over the place. This it's, is so weird. It's completely all over the place, and it was a lot of damn fun. And at the end, uh, we see that uh, adult Cable is <laughs> alive in a well for some reason, <laughs> which kind of makes me mad because when they killed him uh, a couple of years ago, it was a great story with uh, Ahab and uh, going back and forth with Kid Cable. Uh, it was like three years ago um it was a lot of fun pick it up have fun with it this is something that you would absolutely read and just be like god damn that was awesome there were so many things that happened in it just like you said it was completely all over the place I didn't even realize it was all over the place because I was having so much goddamn fun reading it and I feel like I've watched so much it's just that's the daffiness of
1: X books they're just every place (laughs) yeah there you go man Mm. hmm
0: alright but then you let me talking about uh
1: well, all right.
0: Cable. All right. What about him? Sorry. No, I said thank you for letting me talk about cable. Uh, Rom. Oh, like there you go. Why not?
1: Oh, uh, yeah. I'm gonna say. <sighs> I, I, don't know. I, I. I. Rom. Um, okay. So, I'm particularly interested in Rom because I'm not particularly interested. But I have buddies at my comic book store, my local store, who are always more or less trying to push ROM on me because they know that I'm into the cosmic Marvel stuff, mainly from the 80s and 70s and uh, mainly from the Dan Abnett, Andy Lanning era, the Rise and Fall of the Shi'ar Empire and some other stuff like that. Uh, it goes a long way with me. I liked Guardian. I'm not. I'm not trying to be that guy, but I liked Guardians before it was popular. It's just like, okay, well, this is fascinating. And so then they're always like, Rom, you should be reading Rom. And I'm like, why? And they're like, well, because there are really cool appearances. Like, yeah, hey, here's Rom Space Knight versus the X Men, or Rom Space Knight versus the Defenders, or something like that. And you're just like. Or, I don't know, there'll be just, it's like I say, it'll just be random appearances and stuff like that. Now, the speculation market has jacked the price up on all of those comics now. So, you can go someplace and get a grip of ROM comics, and you're like, okay, well, awesome. So, I've got a ton of that. The problem is licensing. So, ROM was a toy that, uh, well, let me see here. I think it was a part, somebody, let me, let me look this up. I had it. Okay. Rom was a, Ram was a toy came out in December, uh, 1979. And, uh, Parker brothers got involved with the concept. And then they, they gave the license for comic books to Marvel, who then were like, okay, whoever happened to be working on it, like Sal Bishima was the main, Artist Now, I've got beef with him because of his spectacular Spider-Man run in the 80s. I'm not terribly inspired by what he does. However, I have seen some of his work on ROM, and it's good. And uh, so that's fine. But like I say, the licensing is the issue because then it's the license. They lose the license, and suddenly... They don't get to do anything with it anymore. And then it's a question, like... It's always so weird because, like, the Wraiths or the Dire Wraiths were kind of the bad guys in this. And then the Space this, Knights of Galador... What?
0: Wasn't this all started from a toy?
1: It, yeah, that's what I'm saying. This was like, a toy. And Marvel created an enormous uh, chronology built around this character, built around the Space Knights of Galador, built around the Dire Wraiths as the bad guys. And then I think the Rigelians and the recorders and the monitors and all these different characters come out of this. And then it's weird because it's like, okay, well, if those are Marvel inventions, then how are they transferring over to IDW, who has the license for ROM now? And they're talking about doing a movie. And I'm like, well, then what are they going to get out of it? So you think about why... We haven't ever seen Namor in a Fantastic Four movie. Well, it's because obviously the best villain in the Fantastic Four is Doctor Doom. But however, Namor is a character that persists across the board in the Marvel Universe and shouldn't be just tied down to the FF, but for whatever reason is. And that's why the next Black Panther movie, I hope, is pertaining to Namor, because Wakanda and Atlantis went to war in recent books and it was really badass what happened. So hopefully that's a huge deal and introduces him to the storyline. Likewise, Fox lost the license to FF, back to Marvel, so blah, blah, blah. So licensing is the problem. You've got a toy, Marvel gets the license, it does all this great shit, and then it's like, okay, well, did, that all, did all of that stuff go over to IDW, well, it must have, because they've got a book that came out in October of 2019 called Rom Dire So I I picked this thing up because I saw the issue number two, and I was like, oh, hey, it's a new Rom book. Let's see where they're going with that. And, wow, they're focusing it on the Dire which I thought was a Marvel property. So I picked this thing up, and I freaking hated it. That's, that's basically what it comes down to. Like, we were talking about what's good in writing. What I don't like about this book, let me pull it up here. My, my complaint mainly stems from this being paying attention to some astronauts who are saying that the entire moon landing business was an idea to build a space station on the opposite side of the moon that we would never see from the Earth. And that we could keep hidden from everything in an effort to um, keep an eye on some BS that went down in space in a previous ROM book, apparently. So this is, you'd have to be reading the previous book, whoever had the licensing to it, to know what the hell's going on. Well, they get to this space station, and everybody gets introduced, and they keep getting introduced. It's like the entire G.I. Joe team is living on this space station, (laughs) and they all have code names. So then, yeah, they're introduced by their by their real names with their code name, and their code names are. I'm hoping I'm using this word right. Derivative of who they are. So, okay, Doctor Herman Hank Armstrong is the uh, co- is the co captain of the space station. Uh, <laughs> let me get to another one here. It, it, it just this is my complaint because it's almost embarrassing and sophomoric. Uh, Lady all arms who has four arms. uh. Yeah. It's like in (laughs) X-Men from 2000 when Wolverine is like, this is Cyclops. Or, you know, Professor X is like, this is Cyclops. This is Storm. She has powers over weather. This is... Marvel Girl, she has powers over, you know, everything. This is Cyclops. He only has we one eye. It. Really? Are you Wheels? Is that what your code name is? This is bullshit and he leaves and then they trick him back in because they had a reason to. Well, this book has no reason, no way to trick me into coming back when you're introducing your your bullshit Joe team. Oh god, come on. I mean like Dr. Martin Flannery, the chemist, codenamed Mixmaster. Give me a freaking break. The doctor's name is Scalpel. The, is he a DJ? Uh, the weapons tech is named Arsenal. Like, G.I. Joe wasn't that derivative sometimes. You know? Oh, the guy who goes out and finds paths is obviously Pathfinder, and the guy who goes out and blazes trails will call him Chessmaster. Or something. You know, it's like, it doesn't. It just, I I got to that point and I was like, I can't even take this seriously because it feels like a middle schooler wrote this now. And therein lies my complaint because we're sitting here for 40 minutes at the beginning of this complaining about what's good and bad in writing and what you can do to not, you bring your entire toolbox and I feel like your toolbox ought to have a manual on what not to do sometimes. Ah, I don't know if the rest of it is good, because I put it down halfway through, and that's not something I usually do. I don't like to do things halfway, but at this point, I'd really just rather go back and check out Marvel ROM and see if I ever need to get to the point where I'm reading this. There's a reason why there are no, you know what? I'm gonna cut it. Sh- I mean, I'm not gonna say anything else. Gonna, I was, the next thing I was gonna say was particularly snarky, so I'll confine my comments to the weather.
0: <clears throat> well, uh, give us uh, why uh, Jessica Jones—the last two were good because I know that that hurt just to oh. go.
1: Jessica Jones was totally bomb ass, awesome. Um, I don't know how I missed the the uh, issue four. But let me say this this is still the blind spot storyline. This is Kelly Thompson writing, way to go. Uh, Matia de, de Illuiz, the artist. I can't get over how good this art is. I'm start- The more I read this book, the more impressed I am with it. In this issue, we actually see this person's iteration of Spider-Man, and it was pristine. If you met this Spider-Man in this costume looking like this, you would be astonished at what you had in front of you. Likewise, the backgrounds are phenomenal. And then when we get into coloring... Uh, I don't have... I've got a graphic designer here, so Carlos Lau. Uh, I gotta say that, like, some of the textures on the buildings were really, really beautiful. Like, there is a scene where Spidey is sitting on a park bench and Jessica's talking to him and you could tell that there was rust on the uh, garage door in the background because it was incorporated. And I'm just like, that's good texture. Way to go, guys. Also, uh... Da, 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 da. Where is it? VC's Corey Pettit, Pettit is the letterer. Um, okay, so this is still the blind spot storyline. Like I start, like I say, the first page is devoted to a little talking head sequence with Jessica, who is still embarrassingly stuck in a vintage Captain Marvel uniform or costume, as it were. You know, the lightning strike one with no right. pants, and she's right. chained to a chair and she's talking to somebody, and we still don't know who the hell this is. Well. What we've encountered throughout this book is that people that these women who are in some way strong in their personality or character and women who what we're starting to understand have some um, relevance to the cold case life. Dia, the woman named Dia, who got killed in um, Jessica's office at the end of the first issue, she's turned up alive. Elsa Bloodstone was killed and turned out alive. Jessica Jones got killed and turned up uh, turned up alive, and she's still running around taking care of all of this. Well, so have a couple of other people, and this is like very. This is like, what the hell is this? You know, right? For once. For once, Marvel Comics killed a bunch of characters and made it make sense that, there would, that a character would come back to life. Thank you. Thank you so much. Now, I'm not saying that they bone that every time they do it, but sometimes they do. I'm really sick of characters dying and coming back. This time, it really, really works. So the point is that Dia, she has powers. She couldn't understand and she wasn't very good at controlling them. And she manifests things. She Her willpower brings things into being. If she wants a cup of coffee, it's there. If she wants her cat, it's there. Okay. you know She's like a Q from Star Trek The Next Generation. In fact, in season seven, there's an episode where there's a girl that is capable of this. And Q shows up. And so this is more or less what's happening here. Like her power is that she manifests things. Her probability control or her willpower just makes it happen. Well, she had a boyfriend some years ago, and he basically became abusive, and so she decided the way to make him chill was to give him comparable powers. Well, the problem is that it split him into two corresponding pieces. He realized how awful he was, and he took the evil, aggressive, and negative aspect of himself and more or less wished it away from the honorable, decent ability. It is awesome, and then simultaneously made me think immediately to a Star Trek, the original series episode, The Enemy Within, where Captain Kirk is beamed back to the ship and uh, a magnetic ore from the planet they were on influenced the transporter buffers and it split him into two different captain kirks a weak captain kirk who wouldn't hurt a fly and an aggressive angry villain captain kirk and they're both running around the ship and no one knows which ones they're dealing with and blah 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 blah. and so what i'm getting at here this is great to see in this comic because it really really works and I'll get to that. Now, when we go back and we're com- we're talking about how we're concerned with, oh, somebody else has done this already. We're reading it. It's living proof right here. Jessica Jones, issue number four. And I'm not even giving them a hard time about it. Yes, I've seen this story twice in two different franchise parts of the Star Trek franchise. Am I complaining? No, because this story works. And it makes sense in... The Marvel Universe, that there would be characters with this whacked-ass power set. So, what it amounts to is that Mary Jane Watson gets killed by the aggressive asshole version of this, car- of this guy. That hurts. And you're looking... It hurts to read this because Spidey is... Comp- you're not seeing Spidey be like, I have to avenge this. You're not seeing Spidey swing into action jessica jones rolls up on him and is like oh my god i bet i know that mary jane watson lives here and i know that peter will be here oh there he is on a park bench totally beside himself and you've never seen anything more sad than spider-man not doing his job he is so in shock he just gets up he's told to go home and he gets up and he walks home and it is so hard to take that page but she goes in and figures out what's going on, and then Dia's involved, and she, you know, you, go, you get, into the next, get into the next issue where uh, in issue five, you know, you've got the good guy version of the dude who's chained to the chair, and then you've got the a-hole version of the guy, Jared, and he's lording himself over both of them. But then he gets up and leaves and uh, does what he's doing and Jessica just rips herself out of the chains because everybody underestimates her. That's her power. Everybody underestimates Jessica Jones. She's incredibly intelligent. She's an amazing detective. She's got super strength and she can jump slash fly. Like, is she bulletproof? No, she got shot in the head and killed. Like, it
0: happens.
1: She can, do, she can do amazing shit. And everyone dismisses her abilities because she's just a woman. I think that's what we're getting here. I don't know, and
0: man. She's also... I'll buy that. She's also... Like, I don't think it's just a woman thing. I think, like, old school, like, shitty men mentality. She's also a drunk... It could be. An addict, uh, backstabber. Yeah, but nobody... I don't uh, think really
1: people know her outside of her particular circle. I don't think they know that. Hey, I'm not going to say that they don't, but, like, I don't think that that's just, like, part of the common knowledge. You know, like, if you... if you, Oh, Spider-Man spins webs and he can stick to walls, but nobody knows that he's also a scientific genius. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, Iron Man does and, like, Captain America or whatever. But the the point I'm getting at is that what this amounts to is here again, another fantastic item. I've already seen this this issue done. In issue five, Jared realizes, or Jared, the good guy version of Jared is like, we could just kill him and then I could just be good. Like, I can just be the good version. And Jessica is just like, no, you can't. You have to take him back within you and then you have to cope with the reality of what's been going on. You have to cope with it. You have to absorb it. You have to exist within it so you can control it and tamp it down. We all have to grow up. And it's awesome to see that coming from Jessica Jones, who has all of those unfortunate and negative character traits. And maybe she had all of that, but maybe she's growing up. And that's what I want to see. Character progression. I want to see these people get over their problems. So it's one thing that I've talked about several times. Where have we seen this before? Well, I, you know, Scott Pilgrim. Go back and look at Scott Pilgrim. The movie did not do this, I'm going to say, properly, but they did it satisfactorily. Uh, because issue seven did not come out before the movie was released. So
0: Yeah, Negascott yeah, at Scott the end
1: of the movie. That's my favorite part of it. Scott is a dopey jerk because he has not accepted the negative things that he's done to people and put people through. He really hurt Kim Pine. He really hurt Envy Adams. He really hurt Ramona. He really hurt Knives. I was about to say Chives because I was going too far. Knives Chow. And, like, he hurts everybody, but he's too dumb to realize it. But when he has to fight Scott. After, like, that's the only way that he's capable of defeating uh, G-Man at the end and that's my favorite aspect of it he has to absorb the badness that he's created in the world and make it part of himself so that he can accept who he is as a person How long? and then he can apologize
0: how long can they keep doing this with Jessica Jones because I feel like they keep doing this over and over and over with her what do you mean? We're doing what? Like, every time we get a new Jessica Jones story, she's come back after she's left and been absent, and Luke Cage is pissed at her. Where's, oh, they, where's you my know what? Kid? No, he's
1: not pissed. No, no, well, he's I, totally not well, pissed. Uh, no, I'm
0: just saying that every time I, see, I, I ever see a new Jessica Jones story, she's back after an absence. She's in trouble. She takes on the wrong case. Uh, it starts out with innumerable mistakes right off right off at the bat how long can they do this for i mean is it like moon i i don't is know it like i mean moon night where where we get like uh i'm totally sane and then like issue five <laughs> issue five you're like mm, no <laughs> no you're not <laughs> and but they
1: always do that yeah just i mean you know yeah that's that's kind of how we set things up and that's the beauty of it i hope we don't see that much all the time, because, um, because this is new. This, let me, let me, because it's not Brian Michael Bendis. This is Kelly Thompson, and she has the reins of this title, of this character right now. And just because this story came to a successful conclusion in issue five, it's still going to be Jessica Jones' blind spot for however long they're on this, that this writing team or this creative team is doing it. And uh, because that's how the uh, issue, how issue number six has been. Um, I can't think of the right word. Uh, you know, uh, sub- suggested. So at a certain point, yeah, it does beg the question. I mean, like, Why is Jessica going at it alone? She's always got to involve Captain Marvel or or Matt Murdock or Iron Fist or Luke or something like that. And, yeah, I get what you're saying at a certain point. Why are we starting stories the same way every time, you know? No, I want to see a well-rested Jessica Jones coming in with her bagel and her coffee and like. Going to work and doing her job and not getting pulled into major superhero stuff. It would be interesting to just see her tackle a murder. It would just be interesting to see her. um, But that's not the world that she lives in. She lives in a world of superpowers. And, yeah, when she's going around doing her thing and not having to use her superpowers in every issue, that's kind of awesome. But... At a certain point it's like when you're Elsa Bloodstone you run around in that costume. When you're Jessica Jones you might be doing the other doing the same thing but you're not monster hunting, you're wearing, you know, <laughs> vinyl pants and a leather jacket and a low cut tank. That's basically it. You know what I mean? So I don't know, in the end I totally I'm, I'm hoping I get it. Yeah. Yeah, there you there you have it. I mean, how 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 long can they do that? as long as pe- that's what people want. But like, really, I hope that they would see, I, I feel like she grew up a little bit in this story because she got to be, she's, she's got these people who are just significant, slightly younger than her that she was able to push into doing some right things. And, uh, You know, hey, yeah, I'm not the person you should be listening to, but you probably have to grow up a little to tackle this problem, which is funny coming from me. That kind of a situation really goes a long way with me. I want to see progress, you know? At a certain point, I'm going to get really tired of her baby being a baby because I feel like that baby has been a baby for 15 years now. But there you go.
0: Hey, man, they can always... uh think outside the box and do something a little better with it and not just a little bit. I mean, look what they're doing with Daredevil right now. Could you imagine that we like 5 years ago if I came from the future and told you that this is the sort of story you'd be getting from Daredevil, would you believe me?
1: Uh no, I totally would not have. That yeah, that that Daredevil story that we've been going on about for months and months and months. Um it's insane. It continues to kick ass. What Dude, at a certain point it occurs to me, like, Jessica Jones, every five minutes needs help from some of these people. At what point is she going to show up and be like, hey, Matt, I'm here to help you? You know? Or is he going to go to her and say, I need your help, Jessica? That would be astonishing. I'd love
0: it. I mean, anything in Hell's Kitchen, I'd love and adore, man. I remember I was going through my uh, Women of Marvel uh, comic cards today to just bone up on the... uh, Well, That's a terrible word to use. To uh educate myself on things I might have forgotten about the the Women of Marvel. It's a solid hundred and hundred and one card set that touches on so many of the great characters like Typhoid Mary, um X twenty three, uh in- introducing Angela, um mm-hmm. uh Jessica Jones, uh just just here's a quick little blurb. This is what you need to know just for a little bit, as of right now. And, yeah. And uh, dude. Yeah, I need to I need to read these. I, I feel like an asshole that I haven't read them.
1: Oh, I don't worry about it. But let's uh, let's it'll finish all up. be okay. What else you got? Let's finish up. with Yeah, what else you got? We got Nebula. oh yeah, Nebula. Nebula, the number two new Nebula book. Dude, man, dude, how do you feel about this? I'm freaking loving it. It's
0: it's it's out of the it's out of the traditional sense of everything I'm reading right now. uh mm-hmm. um, I typically I hate Anisiac stories. Uh, however, (laughs) like it's a bad days of our lives episode. Um, it's not, it's not hurting me because you know, that's that, that new system that's upgrading her is constantly, you know, rebooting and, and, and and making her better she's going to get her memory back. Uh, the one thing I really liked about this particular issue was that it was the first time in quite a long time that the actual fighting like action Move the story as opposed to, where, like, I mentioned it earlier when you're reading a Hulk comic and you or an Avengers comic and you're just speeding through it. Okay, fight, punch, punch, fight, fight. Superman did that. Okay, like, that's pretty. Until you're looking to get some more meat and potatoes. And, no, this entire book was meat and potatoes. It really was. I don't think there was a moment
1: wasted in here. Uh She's on this world... Where, what, it, I don't even remember. The, it, that's the thing. I don't, I remember aspects of the first issue, but I remember, but this, this, in and of itself, you could just pick this up and you go like, okay, hey, no, this is enough. I get it. Like something, she doesn't know who she is right now. Okay. And, we've got,
0: uh, uh. We've got Vita and Ina- Yeah, I mean, she's just on this. Uh, Anila. Oh, sorry, dude. I apologize. I'm getting excited. Oh, not at all. She just crashed on this planet. It's a dirt ball.
1: She gets picked up by a random civilian who's quite friendly and who's clearly trying to take care of business herself and not have to rely on the local, like...
0: It's a little uh, Star Warsy. A little Star Wars-y. Needing the in uh, the uh, moisture. It's a Western.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah, I get you. Yeah. It's, it's, how many places tonight have we been like, okay, yeah, hey, we've seen this in another place. That's not stopping these guys. Agreed. It's not stopping these guys. Guys, if you're writing, if you're writing anything, if you're creating something, and you're just afraid that somebody else has done it, Do it anyways. Just see what happens. You know? You might. Nobody, anybody who comes after you, you, as long as it's not outright plagiarism, you're fine. Agreed. Anybody who comes after you is jealous because they're not generating content.
0: Yep. Just like I mentioned earlier, when people still ask, are you guys still doing your podcast? Like, you know, random people I work with or people I know that have no interest in it, and they'll, they'll, they'll say, oh, I'm sorry, I haven't oh, listened they, to it, I'm like, dude, they I, don't know what to ask. Yeah, it's like, I don't care, you're not listening to it, like, the right people are finding this, like, don't even, don't even, don't even sweat it, uh, but... Yeah, um, if
1: you're listening, you're the right people. Yeah,
0: just... uh <laughs> it, 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 It's funny. I don't know, dude,
1: This this issue is a western, like, this is awesome, you know, I mean, this is this, I'm not gonna say that this is a trope, we've seen this kind of thing before, and it works, because it's realistic, you know? It's Elcor in Star Trek: Picard, it, uh, you know, being super excited about some outsider. It's uh, it's the Rifleman. It's God, I don't know. It's definitely Star Wars, you know. I, l- I
0: mean, I love the wa- Rifleman, man. You picked the right one. I love that damn show. My mom made me watch that since I was a child. Yeah, I
1: started watching it uh, several years ago when I remember Gene Roddenberry saying that, like. Or, well gene I don't remember if it was Gene Roddenberry, but they said that like Star Trek was wagon trained to the stars, well Deep Space Nine is the rifleman in space, and it is it's a it's a it's a it's a guy and his kid in a wild west type of town, and they are dealing with the locals and the people who are influencing the place from the outside It's a phenomenal concept
0: and the kick is. why that's why. <clears throat> Kick ass rifle, you could even get a, a little daisy little shooter yeah. that would mimic it, and it would still shoot shit <laughs> that's why like that's why I like machine
1: man so much. I feel like machine Man at its best should be a Hulk type of story, going from town to town, discovering more and more about himself, try on a quest to find it find his creator, you know uh why am I here? What, what are my capabilities? How do, I, how do I improve on people's lives? And there's always somebody chasing him. Sunset Bane or the government is always – at the army is always after him. I mean that's the Hulk. That's Quantum Leap. You know, different place every episode. Easy couple of duo co- co- cast of characters. A little preface every episode so you know what the idea is if you've never seen it before. Fixing something and then – Learning more about yourself and going on—it is, it is—it's it, the fugitive. It's the perfect thing. Like if Nebula was amnesiac doing that for like six issues, I wouldn't have a problem with it. But that's not what's going to happen, and that's okay because she's figuring more and more stuff out every second. You're right. The the action actually propelled the story to a certain degree, uh, and I can't wait to see what's going to happen next. Like I want to know more about this character that she's got. They're gun they're like in a Mexican standoff. Uh from like I mean a space Mexican standoff. Gun this, to the head, knife to the throat type of situation at the end of this. I'm looking forward to knowing what's what's what next.
0: Is this the first time Nebula has had her own uh series? I can't think of any time ever seeing a Nebula story. Yeah, like, I don't know. I mean like
1: Nebula has blown up in the last few years since Guardians of the Galaxy, the movie because she was not really something you could take completely seriously in the uh, in the 90s when the Infinity Gauntlet popularized her
0: Agreed, and then it was difficult to take her seriously until Endgame That's when we really got her fleshed out I don't
1: know, man, I feel like she was an awesome character in Guardians, and then like Everything they I'm pouring some tea. Everything they totally did with her in one-sided. Guardians Two,
0: she was one sided in almost everything until Endgame, when it was really come down to uh, I'm gonna betray my dad. And then you've got the uh, past version, like in tune with her own brain. I loved that. That's that's what really flushed her out to me. And and I know a lot of people hmm. were really in love with her because she was a character in Doctor the the actress played her played a, a solid character in Doctor Who. Uh, but at the same time though, Karen Gillian yeah it, that's that's one of those things where you're only liking her because she was in Doctor Who do you actually know anything about her character in that which I
1: like her from Jumanji I've never seen her in Doctor Who I love her in Jumanji I need to see the second Jumanji uh, this actress is cool as shit I, I absolutely adore her and like, I do too but like that's that's that wasn't my compulsion. I was just like, wow, this is a whole new take on Nebula. I thought Nebula had a bunch of black flowing hair and whatever and I didn't realize she was cyborg, you know, or I, I don't I just don't know what I remember from her appearances in the 90, early 90s, but like um I mean, I thought it was, oh, she's a space pirate, you know, whatever. She's going to She just felt like an a D-list character. And then, um... I don't know, dude. I think you should re I think everybody should probably re-watch Guardians of the Galaxy 2.
0: Uh, I agree. And, uh, before I forget, because I, I don't want to forget, uh, uh, credits, uh, Vida... Vida, uh, Ayala, writer, Claire Rowe, artist, Mike Spicer, colorist, BC's Travis uh, Lanham, letterer, Jen Bartel, cover artist. And, um... Selena loads of other hyena, cover designer. Yeah, this is, this is definitely one of the most I, I think this is probably like like the sixth or seventh most important comic on the shelves right now. We're in a very <laughs> we're, in a ve- we're in a very long time and, and it, like maybe 5 6 years this this is going to be good. Just I uh, hope I hope they uh let Vita and Claire just keep running with it with uh before it gets too popular and they make them change something or they decide to Guardians 3 comes out and they gotta fuck it up because it's gotta be similar in some way to the movie art art wise or storyline wise. I'm happy for it. Give me Yeah, the-
1: that's the whole crazy business. I mean, like you go back and look at it Endgame, which I've only watched the one time, and I'm I I've really I'm getting to the point where I really wanna rewatch that. Uh Infinity War and Endgame. And like can you believe that like Nebula is an Avenger? You know, it's just that that's mind-boggling. But in the end, that's what you need to see because she was supposed to get the Gauntlet and have all the power, just long enough to realize that it was no good to her and it was going to destroy her. You know.
0: Agreed. You're talking about the actual original uh, Infinity yeah. Gauntlet graphic novel, and just like what I'm mm-hmm. what I'm thinking is just. At best, give us twelve issues for a solid kick-ass graphic novel that I can keep <clears throat> lend to someone and yeah. get it back, and buy another one and lend to someone else and buy another one. Because it has. The I think that's the
1: thing that I, we've got two issues right here that that say so far this stands every chance of being something you can refer people back to. You know, I don't know anybody who's like, oh man, I want a Nebula book. But, like, at a certain point when you're talking about blah, blah, blah and Nebula and you can say, dude, did you read that Nebula book that came out a couple of years ago? It's it's six issues. It's 12 issues or whatever. You can go down to the store and pick it up. People are going to be like, oh, you know what? That's probably worth it. Yeah. it was, Is it worth it? It totally was. So far, two issues in. These two issues are better than the entire Kylo Ren, Kylo Ren book, and I liked that book. Uh. I I mean, there you say that's That's it.
0: This has been a kick-ass issue, dude.
1: This is a lot, man. We've really, really talked. Um, Yeah. We will... uh, We got some Picard to do. We're getting really close to that being over for a while. Yeah. At least until season two. And and then we're going to start doing more uh, commentary tracks on some movies and stuff like that. I think we'll keep doing some TNG and then... um, I'm excited to see what you think about Deep Space Nine. I know you're going to have to progress into that a little bit to feel it properly, but uh, I'm interested to know what you're going to say about that, ultimately.
0: I'm, I'm so. going to love it. I'm sure I'm going to love it, and I really hope uh, all you minefielders uh, enjoyed the issue today, uh, or many uh, writing workshop uh, leading into the comics, uh, <laughs> breaking them down and why they're important, and I hope it helps you accelerate your writing and... Accelerate your art. Hope you're sitting there drawing incessantly, listening to us haphazardly as you're throwing yourself into your own art because that's what we're doing it for. We just want to inspire you and, you know, just basically just me and Colin just (laughs) get to publish our regular (laughs) conversation. Yeah, guys, if you've got
1: anything you want to tell us about writing, if you've got a book that you read, or wrote about writing or an article or direct us there. We'll check it out. And if it's if it's remotely decent, if it's terrible, if it's phenomenal, we'll let everybody know. You know, I mean I just, we're here to share things. So good point. Yeah. Anything else you gotta, you know, if you like or don't like things, if you've got a big take on ROM that you want to share with us. Hit us up. Send us some info. Send us some e- email.
0: Yeah, post us,
1: something on our Facebook page. Tell us why we whatever. should
0: like wrong. That would be nice. <laughs> but, uh, I did, yeah, yeah I don't. I did. <laughs> I'm, I'm done, man. I'm, I'm pooped. Ugh. Oh, sh- gross. I, know, I hate I, it when you I say that. I, I said it. I, I saw like it. You say, like, out. you know, I don't know. I am, I am I exhausted. Know. I've had a long day.
1: There you go. Hey, wow. Yeah, that's so white of you. Um... <laughs> I will talk. All right, everybody. We'll talk to you soon. This transmission is ending.
0: And this is dangerous. Over and out.